I don't know what you're going to say. Hello, and welcome to Hold Up, a movie podcast. Tonight, we are going to talk katanas, kung fu, kickflips, karate chops, and con men. Because tonight's theme is martial arts. Uh I I (laughs) I am your host, Devin. And with me, as always, Chris Worldmind Murphy. How's it going, Murphy? Hiya, Davin. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. I'm just here to talk ninja shit with my boys. Ninja and, shit. Yeah. You know, get get our martial arts on, which is Murphy, one of my son of a bitch, things. you stole my line. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, see, in the world of martial arts, you must be quick and first to the punchline. Ooh, he's um, got you there. And you there. I want to say welcome. welcome we have a very special guest tonight. <laughs> How's it going, Chow? My friend and I'm yours. doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Missed you, buddy. Um, it it's been a while. It has been. Well, awesome, look, man, I'm Chow gonna get. I know we might as well get hackers and internets with us. Yeah. Yeah. How long well, was that? That's that's a good point. So, like, the movies are probably better tonight. Last time you were here, they weren't great, as I recall. Uh, well, I think you're really typecasting me for this podcast here. Just because I'm Asian, we got to talk about IT stuff. And now we're talking about martial arts. <laughs> I'll have the audience know that you guys are real dicks. You know that? <laughs> real dicks. I'll have you all know he's the one that's booking the show for the most part. So. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. I bet you guys got together and Davin's like, oh, I know the perfect guy. Dab, wait, hold on. Let me ask a question. He does question, say that Davin. often. Real talk, Davin. Yeah, real talk. Am I your only Asian friend? <laughs> no, you're not. You're definitely not. You were in high school. Of course. We lived, grew up in a farm town. <laughs> Michael Wong and I weren't that tight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So, no, the answer is no, but... Back in high school, yes. Well, I'm definitely Listen, the coolest now, though. So, so this is getting off You're the rails. The we should get back oh. on track. All right, oh, there's go. no track. Chow's here. Um, let's go. Well, not we, yet, we, anyway. We, we grew up down by the tracks, Chow and I. We would meet down by the tracks, sell our wares, you know, drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Statue of limitations are over. You could be kidding. You no, be kidding. I, you know what? Real talk. Everyone picks their own categories, and as soon as you picked martial arts for yourself, I knew I you were going to blast me with I that did shit. Not. Yes, I did. Yes, you, you came to me and said, "I got the perfect category for you." Unbelievable! <laughs> this is scurrilous. I figured this is the only way I could get back started. on this podcast. So I just said yes. So racist. Can, can you come back in season three for convenience stores? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. We're getting canceled tonight, boys. All right. 
let's get into my it. goal let's go yeah i know it was uh, he never wants to come back he's like oh i have a way to make sure this happens <laughs> but All right, no well, but you know what honestly I, some of my like i have very few memories from uh, like okay our childhood like... chow but i do remember seeing martial arts movies at your house i have vague there memories of watching martial arts movies at your house there you go perfect segue let's yeah. go Perfect segue. Let's go. Everyone's mad at me for picking this movie, but I was trying to enlighten us with some new films we haven't seen because we've all seen the other ones. So in theater one, <laughs> well, look, I have things to say about it. Um, so we have "Come Drink with Me" from 1966, starring Cheng Pei Pei. Oh God. Can you help me with any of these? Anyone can help me with these pronunciations. You're doing great, bud. You're doing great. All right. All right. Cheng Pei Pei. Uh, oh, I'm having trouble with this. Yue. Is it Yue? Sure. Yue Hua and Chan Hung Lit. Directed by royalty. King Hu. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're doing great, bud. Just keep going. All right. Um, so, this movie. Let's talk about it. So this movie starts with... Oh. Well, this movie's got a trailer, so let's just refresh oh, right. ourselves oh. with that, because I'm sure you haven't seen the trailer for this film. No, and I haven't. Let's let's watch that. How long is it? Is <laughs> any other trailer? This is Spring's UK. Consumable Yingwei 何必赶尽杀绝呢? It's out now in US and Canada. Um, look, get your I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few nice things about this movie because I'm pretty sure you guys aren't. I get that impression. So Here's what I'll say about this movie. Um, it had it could have been a lot better. Like that trailer didn't look bad at all. That looked like a trailer from a good movie. And to be fair to this movie, I come to came to found out later. It like won Academy Awards and was like lauded. It was a commercial and critical success. Everyone loved it. But again, it's from 1966. Where? In the U.S. and in China, this was a hit. You're lying. Not lying. It won an Academy true. Award for Best Foreign Film the year it came out. Was it the only one? Maybe, Probably. but it still won. <laughs> so, 
so so there's 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 stuff here and i will admit for the first i don't know 15 minutes or something i was into this movie um mm -hmm. i really liked it actually the first 15 minutes i'm like this is gonna be awesome and and another, another positive is i do like the star i think cheng peng pei has like a lot of charisma and good at the action and very beautiful and you know good action female action star she's got a good I mean thought. look she does I mean, she good she, at facial expressions in general i found she could say I, I a lot with her face she's in she's in like crushing tiger hidden dragon i think she plays like the jay fox character yeah she must have been quite old by then yeah like she was in her late 40s at that point i believe um and oh it has to be low it has to be older than that murphy this movie came out in 1966. <laughs> Yeah, but Crushing Tiger, Crushing Tiger came, came out 40 like, years later, and she wasn't four years old in this movie. Well, they, I don't know. They said, <laughs> so she could have been in her 60s, but either way, she was... Yeah, you know, yeah. Asians age that, well. <clears throat> either way, she was she was good in that role, so I was, I was expecting good things out of this. And yeah, I, I kind of echo your statements. The first 15 minutes of this film are pretty solid, and like... We're fine, 57. Yeah? Wow. 57? Why were we in high school together? Uh, I came back to teach it. Uh, <laughs> the math program. I just posed as a student during yeah. the day. Did you white people math. <laughs> You're why I got a 56. Yeah, you sucked at it. Yeah, um, yeah the whole the whole like the whole scene where like the army's like leading the prisoners uh, in which is like the governor's son, I would assume, or prince or whatever. It's Prince, son. Either way, he, he's getting all son. It, yeah, it's, yeah, son. It, he's get, that whole scene is like really cool because you, you get introduced yep. to. Um, they have a guy in a box. And it's just his head sticking tiger. out of the box. Yeah, Jay, he was. was Jade Face Tiger. Yeah, we come to find his way like, later. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. He, he had this little like uh, fan gun, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and that was There's like a lot a really of poison cool darts. A lot of poison darts. Like they even just poison dart some random kid in the eye. In this movie, for like no reason, a ninja shit, if you will. <laughs> that was kind of was weird. fine. He deserved it. <laughs> he was like, "Can you stop the bleeding?" They're like, "Why? It's poison." And why jade face tiger? Why not pale face tiger? That dude is white. Yeah, but is that like this jade film... that he used to make it like that? That makes no sense. But anyway, whatever. the thing about this film is that the editing is really kind of not the best. Like they set up all these like really really cool scenes. There's really intense scenes like my scene that held up which is really early on is that scene where we kind of get introduced to Cheng Pei Pei's character and she enters this restaurant yeah. or inn see to me it's like I've I've heard that like and it's obvious to me that Quentin Tarantino loves this movie and oh, yeah. grew off it for Kill Bill it's obvious like big this, time this scene plays like a modern movie scene but almost better in a way because it would just seem more fake and a little more tacky and like a Kill Bill. But like having a female protagonist walk into this bar where everyone wants to kill her. But like, that's the thing too. She's like, she's chilling. She's like, where's my wine? The whole yeah. place is emptied out. She's well, like, she you have tiger bone wine? They're like, no. Everybody keeps <laughs> referring not. to her as a, a man. I believe they're all under the impression that she's a guy. Yeah, she's pretending to be in the beginning. Which I don't get. She's like a beautiful woman. I, yeah, I, I don't get that either. That part, I... Big, like, this that guy comes, was great. Yeah. They keep calling her Sir. And like, Smiling Tiger. 
But yeah, like this is I love this whole scene. My favorite is from this scene as well, my favorite scene. Yeah. Because it's just it's it's such a modern thing. She, she's having her drink. Uh, she's asking for a drink that they don't know, which she does on purpose to seem more cultured than them. Because she's, which is also like not very modern. Um, whereas like she's the protagonist that you're supposed to cheer for, but she's like the son or the daughter of royalty, which normally yeah, would be more of a villainous character these days. And the ragtag kind of commoners would be the heroes, but that's. It shows you like kind of a bit of where the culture was maybe in the sixties, where it's just like you want to cheer for the 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 elites, whereas like that's not the case anymore. You don't really want to cheer for the elites. Um, as soon as I found that out, I was like, "Oh, we're cheering for the governor's daughter. All right, let's do it. Let's do it." <laughs> but that's but, uh, the that's okay. So this is this for me. This is where the movie's like great, and then it quickly falls off. Oh, it does. Because, um, I was like, "What are you guys talking about? Like, you guys both watched it before me, and we're just like." kind of like razzing me a little hard i think well just subtly but you're like Ugh, just wait like I'm I was gonna say, you picked this. a flounder yeah. of a film i ain't gonna lie like this but like it's the first 30 minutes i'm like you guys are idiots this is yeah great. and like and then you know she, she like she shows off all of her martial skill and prowess oh, yeah. that she can do when people are throwing like wine barrels at her she knocks one out with a with i found that hilarious pen. I thought like, it was really Chester, funny they too. just decide they're gonna all gonna throw random shit at her. Like they start with small shit, and she just like knocks it away. She's start like, with oh, the biggest wow. thing. They start with I don't like this bench. Yeah, they don't start oh, small. Yeah. They're just like, oh. here's a wine jug, and oh, she's yeah, like yeah. bats it out with a. With and then a, they do the, the coins. The fan. And they throw money at her. What? Are, what are you doing? <laughs> or she's just like she just catches them all on like sticks. And they're yeah. like, give me back my money, and she's just like, no. <laughs> and then when it, it looks like it's about to get scene. serious, the, then you get introduced to the drunken actor, uh, drunken cat. He's called drunken drunk cat. cat. He calls him drunken cat, but his uh, it's not his real name. Like his real name's Fan. Was... He's like a Shaolin. He's Fan. Fan uh, Taipei, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's actually a Shaolin monk warrior from like the Green Wand. Uh, well, that's the thing. He's, he's trying to play himself like, um, a, like a, a drunken like hobo yeah. who's here to drink, but he's got all of his teeth and they're straight, yeah. and super white and clean. And I'm just like, there's no way in hell if you're a drunkard all day, you've got all of your teeth like that. Like it's not happening. Your your whole thing, his whole vibe was off. And um, a, I looked into it, and apparently, the the original, because I was watching the original audio. And that character specifically was dubbed in Mandarin. So it was like... Yeah, I, I noticed that. Because when he sings his songs, he's singing in Cantonese. Mm. Yeah, I oh, think... Oh, so he, they don't bother dubbing the songs. Mm. I think it's. I think he's able to sing, right? But mm. ever, all of his speaking lines are just like weirdly dubbed. Maybe they hired him as a singer. Probably. Because mm. I think they're... so. Yeah, they they ended up doing a sequel to this film, and they ended up replacing him. There's a sequel. There's a sequel. Yeah. Look, there's potential. Won an Academy Award. Of course, they made a sequel. Hey yo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but so Hey-ya. but we'll we'll yada yada through the plot because this well play my clip because that's the end of the good stuff. That's true. Your your clip is. Chow didn't even pick one. He's like, no, I, baby, de- I declined. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I declined. Dude I can't corner. lie to myself. <laughs> like that's the ultimate poker visor guy right there. Oh yeah, it is. 
I thought you were gonna come in character as that guy. <laughs> See, he did send me an email. <laughs> the daggers. The friggin... Okay. There are character choices in this film that I just couldn't understand entirely. I thought this was her most badass line. Give me no, a it's the most badass line. Like this, that line in what she does here is better than most things in similar modern movies. I came here alone, like, but I won't leave alone. Yeah, find me a guide. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino wishes he wrote that. Like, he wishes. Just hand gestures, like, "Hey, you weren't listening, but this means everything. Go do that." <laughs> Everyone in this this hotel, this inn, wants to kill her and has threatened to kill, try to kill her again. And she just walks up to the counter and and orders a room. Like that's the most badass thing. Quentin Tarantino wishes he wrote that. He's not the only one, but like, that's incredibly modern in its awesomeness and cleverness. I think. I mean, Tarantino did all that in the Kill Bill like diner scene, basically. But he did it in a way that made it all like cohesive and like. The thing is, we we kind of yada yada of through all that. Even through the fight scene, she was doing these really like weird, clearly staged fight behaviors and doing things like, the, for instance, the daggers. She pulls the daggers out of her boots, but the way they cut it, they just like. She bends down, they cut it, you see fabric floating, and then she's just got daggers in her hands all of a sudden, and you're like, where did those come from? But this is the only time like that. There's uh, a scene, what is it? Yeah, there's a scene where she's like fighting with a sword, and then, yeah, pulls daggers out of nowhere. Like, they become a, like a consecutive plot. It's, it's, I found it interesting how this movie starts off with what seems like an A plot, in the governor's daughter trying to get her brother back from this gang because this gang's leading group is taken over or is, is imprisoned by the governor and they're trying to that's the only plot change. basically that's the only yeah. plot it is yeah. but it isn't you'd think it is but you, it isn't it seems like the a plot but then about halfway through the movie the a plot becomes the b plot because the b plot of this movie is the drunken cat is actually been hiding for the past 30 years from this uh shaolin monk that's even who's been his training partner in like in all this stuff he's been hiding through through for mm. years so that be, what like it's introduced as a b plot but then by the third act of the movie it is the a plot and then the yada yada through her getting the brother back and all this stuff it's like yeah he tries to make a deal like he he brokers an exchange and then he like it's screws a, it over by attacking it's a it movie. Side. It sets it up like oh, there's gonna be this powerful, strong woman in the first act. Then by the second act, she's dressed as a woman, goes to the Buddhist temple where apparently this gang has just taken over a Buddhist temple. She's dressed like a woman. They're like oh, treating her like that, and then she just gets into a fight scene. Arguably a better fight scene than the actual scene in the inn, like the one that oh, was yeah. in the Buddhist temple. That was a really good fight scene. Like the action of that was pretty tight until they just stop because the Jade White Face Tiger's like, You're in a Buddhist temple. You don't want to spill blood in a Buddhist temple. And mm. she's like, You're right. And then they talk for a few. And then she starts spilling more blood again. And then she like jumps on, <laughs> she jumps and breaks like the like altar where all the like, the things that people like are 
praying to and stuff just jumps all over that and then the wooden like window falls open and she just like super hops out of it because there again you get this sort of scene where she's in the end and they're she's like crouching tiger hidden dragon sail hopping across roofs and stuff trying to chase down the drunken guy who's led her on a, a roundabout so that she can attack the assassins that were going to kill her and this led to my favorite of her character um things that she loved to do she loved to do the surprise hillary clinton meme of realization yeah i don't know if you guys caught this but it, she does it like three times the first time she does it is after the the hotel in scene where she almost gets killed by the assassins after she chases them off she's in the in 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 her room and she looks around and then she goes like that just <laughs> like wide-eyed open face right she does that that time and then i think it was like about another way halfway in the movie i remember sitting at like a table i think she was like writing a note or whatever getting prepared oh, and then she, she, she i think she was deciphering buddy's song to figure yeah. out the location of uh where her brother was Yes, that's what it was. Exactly. Because he sang a song to her. He's like, I just want you to sing a song. And if you like the song, you can pay me. And if you don't, whatever. And he's got all these kids around him, which is super odd. <laughs> but he, he ends up singing his song. She deciphers it. And she's like, just like big old wide eyed, like Hillary Clinton. Was just, I, I wanted, if I had the time, I would have made a cut of just those. And then that's my favorite scene. Just her being like, oh. <laughs> Like, just her realization, like, you're a beautiful, oh, crap. talented actress, uh, Pepe. Be right back, fellas. I forgot to plug in my laptop, and she's about to die. I'm gonna go okay. get the cable. <laughs> well, I'll just try and carry this, sir. Anyway. You carry it anyway. I thought... <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. Her, her whole thing was, um, it was... It, it, there was like this load of promise where they seemed like she was going to be this lead character. And then by the time they start introducing the mysterious drunken guy, she quickly falls to the backside of the storyline. Isn't yeah, that impressive? Super weak. super weak by the end of yeah. it. Like she gets, okay. The, the Buddhist scene, she's like fighting off all these dudes. Then she's having a hard time fighting Jade tiger or whatever he's doing like some simple shit she's having like the hardest time losing a dagger then she gets the dagger back and stuff like that after she gets the dagger back and then she gets cornered and then there's this scene where like i counted it i i paused the game or paused the movie rewound it paused it and counted how many people were charging at her there was 23 people to 24 people charging at her and she does this move with the daggers where she just like Britney Spears with knives just and they all go flying flying away she's powerful enough to knock back 23 guys with a couple wave fan move and then and hop up a wall but she struggled to fight this dude in the most basic of formats for like the previous two minutes of that and then you see this like progression of her fighting skills just go downhill and then they introduce the the drunken cat like doing this scene where he's like sitting at a waterfall and i couldn't quite tell what he was doing with the waterfall was he trying to like air buddhist palm the waterfall and split it is that what he was attempting to do he's just playing moses you know 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I assume I that's tell, though, the water was too dark. Like, the water know. was too dark and the white was like, it was just like, it looked like a shitty waterfall. And I'm like, okay, I don't quite get like the purpose of what he's doing. And I think they realize that. So in the later act, when he starts fighting his like martial arts master and they do like the, the they Jedi the hand palm and there's mist that like clearly coming from the jet of the wrist. He just like, shh, and that's like, things are blowing Sweat. up. That's and, hot and I was sweat. Like, it got so ridiculous. Things were blowing up from air presses. And I was like, what is this movie? What is this disjointed, edited movie? Where are I we like, going with this storyline? I like how anytime fell, anyone fell in water, like buckets of water came in from both sides like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It didn't splash up. It came in from the sides. Off frame. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, just and then the fight scenes between Drunken Cat and uh, you know, what was his master's name, dude? I can't Beesh. Yeah, I can't, it's hard to pronounce. It's like, hey, I'm at the main character. We should say, did we even say that she's called Golden Swallow? That's technically, yeah, noise. Yeah, but she's yeah. called like Golden Swallow. There's Smiling yeah. Tiger, there's Jade Face. Tiger. The names are pretty badass. They, they, I, I just love, I just love like this, like sort of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, talk, not talk, like people. Water cooler <laughs> talk, but there's the word. There's okay. The, uh, small the talk. Word? Not quite small talk, but communal conversation about all these names okay. um like these hero names everybody seems gossip? to know like that's the word thank you thank you that's the word i was having okay. trouble trying to remember gossip it was all this gossip it seems like this communal gossip everybody knows jade face tiger everybody knows golden swallow everybody knows smiling tiger like it's like how do they how do people know about this they don't there's no newspaper there's just word there could of be mouth traveling that far it could be wow. newspapers. Newspapers were invented in China. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like news press was getting out to like middle China farmlands where people are practicing martial arts with water. It was nineteen sixty six. I mean, yeah, but I feel like the time they were presenting was like yeah, I know seventeen hundreds. I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's like they were in like imperial gear and stuff. Yeah undefined dynasty anyway hmm. the whole battles between the drunken guy and the master were the worst fights i've ever seen in any martial arts you're like you're expecting this like they're not okay, great in guys... this movie in general <laughs> no you're expecting this great be the best and they, and they always descend into like her being surrounded by a bunch of guys who could any one of them could probably just stab her at any point, but they all just kind of like wait. Just get a spear. Yeah, like she's always surrounded like completely and like gets out of it. But like it kind of also seems like nobody really wants to kill her. Like I don't know if it's because they fear the wrath of the governor or whatever, but like I feel like there's a lot of squandered opportunities if they really wanted to, they could have. Yeah. Some of the yeah, motivations a, are a little confusing. It's it's weird, yeah. No, and again, like I said, the the whole fact that they just kind of switch the 
seemingly important to the storylines and then just muddle through it like the drunken guys like next time i ever thought i'd meet you i knew one of us were only gonna die because you want this old wooden bamboo staff and i won't let you have it because you killed it's a my cool master. staff i want one it's a cool staff but honestly i like the dude's metal bow staff even better you know um well, I just I look, don't know. We've I, talked I about feel... this movie for a half an hour. That seems like plenty. Like, what was the Let's thought move on. that made you choose this movie? I just want to know. Like what happened? Well, well what? But what was the process? This, we were too cliche. I had chosen Enter the Dragon. It was blood sport and kung fu hustle. I wanted to pick something that wasn't something everyone had seen a million times. I figured none of us had seen this at all. Like I said, I don't it, think anyone's ever seen this. It ranks high on martial arts movie list because it won an Academy Award. Like it, it seemed like a safe pick. It had it was an early movie with a or certainly early martial arts movie with a female protagonist, like one of the first. Um, so there were a lot of reasons. Like there's you read things about it, it's just like oh, like Quentin Tarantino loves this movie. The Shaw Brothers Studios, like there was tons of things that made me think this would be a good movie. And like it started off like a good movie, and then it just descends into. It's it's pretty weird. slow okay, and boring in like, disconnected stuff. But. The the best parts of the movie are when they're setting up these ideas of these conflicts and it's just people on the ground talking, but the moment they get into any type of fight or crazy action it becomes so obviously bad it's hard to stay connected with any of it. And it's eh, it's eh, you know, it's well, eh. And do you guys wanted, notice at the you know, end of the movie where they, where they, the, the, you know, the big boss is coming in the cage, he's locked up, and he just turns out to be a big bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's the boss of these ruthless bandits. He's like, no, stop, don't kill him. Yeah, yeah. He didn't seem that tough. <laughs> no, yeah. He goes rolling. They he's had, like, boss? this, like, they had this stunt scene where, like, this dude's locked in this wooden cage, wooden cage with two wheels, and it goes rolling down a hill. And you can tell it's about to like careen and tip over, but they cut to a scene where somebody throws a rope and then they <laughs> cut back to it being like, you know, fed down the hill so the rope won't let it go over. Like, there's, there's just like a lot of these like weird editing choices that are like covering up continuity errors and I don't mm -hmm. know, man. I, I, I like the ideas that were presented. It was just not executed in the best of way, and I think it's also a product of its time, clearly. Oh, yeah, clearly. I'm sure this movie... Like, when you compare it to other movies in 1966, it's fine. It's just like, there's a lot of bad movies. Like, that movies that don't hold up well from 1966. Um, some lots to do. And this one, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. But... Which performance would you hold up? I think it's obviously Cheng Pei Pei. I mean, is like it she's though? <laughs> I is didn't it, like the poison act. Is it? Is it like though? Isn't it? I thought she I had some charisma in like. I don't think so. she, or I really don't feel like she had much charisma at all. Yeah. Like, I felt like her the other motivations. Were worse. <laughs> her her motivations were 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 pretty thin. And she was always sort of like lost and confused. She just gave me that vibe, like she was a bit lost and confused, even though she was powerful super enough to confident like, and... do all these things and be super confident. But the moment she's met with like any opposition, she just kind of like crumbles under it. Um, and I don't think her performance was all that 
fantastic. I really, yeah, if anyone's going to give it, if, if I would give it, giving it to drunken cat, aren't you? No, I'm giving it to Smiling Tiger because I was I couldn't I, I couldn't that. give it to Drunken Cat because Drunken Cat was dubbed over, so I really couldn't tell what his performance was like because they gave it to some other guy that was that I couldn't see, you know. So it was weird. It was really he, his whole performance. I, I felt awkward and alienated watching, and I couldn't get behind. And then I was just like, oh, so now this is the A plot now. Okay, so he's the main storyline, and they don't they can't even finish the story that they set up of a strong powerful martial arts woman she just completely becomes nothing more than a messenger at the end of the film delivering her brother and she can mm. even do that and without the drunken guy ensuring that it was delivered and then he could go back and fight his his longtime i, w- I don't really want to say master because he wasn't quite a master to him he was more of a contemporary contemporary yeah what say you joe which performance would you... Tiger too, because I I think he played the perfect like mini boss. Yeah, is that he even that a mini boss? Does he even raise to the level of a mini boss? He mini put on a better fight against the main characters than the main characters put on against the main bosses like Jay yeah. Tiger. Like their fights. Casting that, like... wise, casting wise, he fit the part too. Like the only one. Oh, yeah. Fit the part. Yeah. He had that you know shit eating grin. Oh, yeah. uh, the way he just like comes in and like picks up her wine and then sits down and serves it to her and like he's just like ah you know me and like that's just like it was like mm-hmm. okay this guy yeah, I can good. believe and then they just kind of blow past him and then they're like this is the main bad but no he's not actually the main bad this is the main bad and it's like who's the who's the who's the bad guy here are we the baddies you know like <laughs> maybe. I feel bad for watching it the, that's what I'm the setting aesthetic I thought it would look nice uh, mm-hmm. yeah good. you're right. Good, good scenery. The bar looked really like, or the inn looked really cool. Like it's all just all this old wood and stuff. Like it's all really beautiful stuff to look at. I really feel like the the best part of this movie is the the inn setting and like the first mm. thirty minutes. And I feel like yeah. that's what Quentin Tarantino took from this movie and then put it into Kill Bill. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but you know what? His movies. I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan. I like a lot of his movies, but a lot of his movies do kind of descend into the same like. They can get long for me. Like I generally like the start of Quentin Tarantino movies more than the end. They tend to descend into ridiculousness that kind of he's copying even undermines all the films that he's watched. Even undermines earlier in the movie. Like Yeah, that's because he carbon copies all the films he's ever watched, which are yeah. movies that set up good premises but don't know how to finish them and he thinks he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> mm, could be. Well, do you have any I'm feeling a little what about you, Chow? You like the, yeah, the setting there? Nah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. All right. It's the nicest thing you're gonna say about this movie, probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, I'm a little peckish. So, movie morsels for "Come Drink with Me" from 1966. Uh, the original film was followed by a sequel, "Golden Swallow," again with Pei Pei Chang, but with Yu Wang as the lead actor. Jackie Chan is rumored to have appeared as one of the child singers near the beginning of the film. What? Uh, yeah. Rumored? Actress... Confirm it. Rumored. Surely, surely Jackie Chan can confirm that. Well, lead actress Pei Pei Chang denied this in an audio commentary to the Hong Kong DVD release of the film. Still, the film is listed among Chan's acting credits on his official website and autobiography. So... Oh, my bad. I totally should have been saying all these names the other way around. But, you know, I was reading it literally. 
Um, the film was selected as a uh, Hong Kong entry for the best foreign language film at the 19 or the 19, yeah. the 39th Academy Awards. This is a uh, hit. Come, this is a bona fide hit, fellas. Uh, Come Drink With Me was shot on location in Taiwan at the Shaw Brothers Studios in Hong Kong. It was a breakthrough role for actress Chen Baibei, who was only 19 years old at the time of filming. Uh, Cheng did not have a martial arts background, but was a trained ballet dancer and choreographer, mm. which director King Hu found Definitely conducive built like a ballet to dancer. his style of action filmmaking. Yeah, it really it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I read that. I'm like, okay, that explains why all of the fight scenes in this film are just kind of poopy. Um, <laughs> director King Hu told critic Tony Raines, quoted in Bay Logan's book, that he had deliberately chosen a ballet dancer for the lead female role, rather than fighting. I'm very interested in Peking opera, and particularly its movement and action effects. Although I think it's difficult to express them adequately on stage, where the physical limitations are too great. King Hu was said to recognize that some of the fights are stylized as opposed to realistic, but claimed that the combat in his movies was always keyed to the notion of dance. Um, wasn't really well, a lot to there's this. A, there's lot similarities, of, for sure. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of um, morsels I could find for this film. But yeah, cinematography, Tadashi Nishimoto, edited by Xiang Hsing Lung, uh, music by Chao Lei Ping, and production Shaw Brothers Studios, uh, released April 7th, 1966, 91 minutes. I couldn't find out how much this mil, this mil, this movie was made for, and I couldn't quite find out how much it made in the box office. However, it must have been a very I, limited release in like. Well, year. okay, so when I looked it up, it said it sold twelve thousand four hundred and thirty-nine tickets in Paris. And I was like, that's a weird box office number, but okay. How so many? I looked that up, twelve thousand four hundred and thirty-nine tickets. In Paris in 1966. Okay. So I looked Sounds that like up. Sounds like a fair amount. In 1966, tickets around that time were selling for about 3.04 franc, or at the time about 60 cents USD. Um, so I, I did the calculations, and roughly, give or take, grand. the box office made $7,932.19. In Paris. Um, in USD in Paris. So. Yeah. You know, and Frank, it's probably... It probably made its money, 20, spread around Frank. the world. Yeah, yeah I, it, it made enough to, to get distribution and uh, recognized in the zeitgeist, you know. Yeah, there it is. Well, all right, we'll ask ourselves the big questions here now. Rewatchability. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about the first 15 minutes? No, I'll just watch the trailer, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll right. just rewatch that trailer. That, that trailer does a better job selling that film oh, than the film ever will. I did appreciate that Like a lot of things were like one-hit kills, though. I did, I did like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But Especially like, in that opening like field fight scene where that one guy just hit a sword and people kept running at him and he was just like swiping them all down one at a time. It was like, pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, but much like the one hit kills in the those this movie, it's a one hit kill for me. I'm not gonna rewatch this anytime soon. Nah, me neither. I, I don't know. Maybe I'd watch that first ten minutes again. Like I did kind of like it. But I, why would I feel compelled to do so? I don't. Know. I would do it to make notes on how I'd want to set up a scene, but then ignore the rest of it so you can actually figure out how to close the scene because it does really great moments of setting up things that I 
thought were going to be cool. And then it was just like, me. Does it hold up? No. Not really. No. But like, there's stuff there. Like, there's it's, stuff it's not there, a complete but dumpster fire. It's here's the thing fire. the stuff that's there has been duplicated Mind. and redone oh. better. A handful of times, if not hundreds of times over in multiple yeah. films that have that have been inspired by this film. If you want to go back to the the genesis of like martial art films and certain takes and how they're done, this is probably one of those films you you may want to find yourself mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just want to watch a really good martial art film that has good editing, is comprehensive in what's Bloodsport. happening. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. We got lots theater to two. say. All right, move to theater two. Bloodsport from 1988, starring Jean Claude Van Damme, JCVD himself, Leah Ayers, Forrest. It's it's amazing. Forrest Whitaker. It is an icon. Donald post, Gibb yeah. and Bolo Young. Bolo Young is 55 in this movie, and just an absolute jacked maniac. Um, so. Yeah, that's us catch, catch the old trailer, I guess. There, Murphy. Uh, directed by Newt Arnold. Yeah, I'm don't forget by... the director. Uh, but yeah, let's watch this trailer. Get, get a refresh on the blood sports. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner. You are not Japanese. I can do it. Now, for the first time, the true story of America's super agent, Frank Dukes, can be revealed. Uncle Sam can't afford to Super agent. <laughs> Frank is going to fight in the Kumite, and we're here to stop him. An awesome human weapon. <laughs> we just look at it infiltrates the Chinese underworld. I did not come this far to stop now. Take him. To enter a forbidden competition. Couldn't you just get me in? Strict rules. No press. Are you telling me you never break rules? Where every fighting style, every worthy opponent, every deadly technique, I... clash in savage combat. Separate the men from the boys. And only one Savage. will try it. Getting hit from a footway. Those were legendary head kicks. Martial arts sensation, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's a sensation. Look at that. Look the at true that. Story of the ultimate champion. Okay. 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 True story. Okay. True oh, story of the ultimate well, I, champion. I, I have like three this movie, things to say about this movie. This movie is not true. This movie is no. the biggest power fantasy of the fakest man on earth. That's yes. what this yes. movie is. Yes. The fact that it's made is is a shock and awe. But this movie is great until the t- end credits, where it says this is based on the life of Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes holds these records: fastest knockout, fastest kick knockout. It's just like oh my fast, god, fastest so, punch knockout, point five seconds. Hey, fastest punch out, point five oh, seconds, fastest kick knockout, seventy-two miles per hour. No, but. The- this was supposedly in the 70s when there was no cameras to measure, measure such a thing anyway. Look, if you... Oh, 
I could talk to him. Did he win 569 fights or something like that? No, there's no fights. No, he he (laughs) fought. He he technically won 396 (laughs) fights undefeated. Or that's those. These were the records that they tried to say was real and ride for years until true legend. One Someone did a calculation one time about the way he describes how the Kumite worked and like how many people were in it. He's just like, oh, well, you know, you fight 20 people a day and there's like, so one to one eliminations. And he said, no, 60 rounds, 60 rounds. Yes. If you run a 60 round tournament, that's more than the population of Earth. Yeah. Times six. Yeah. times. So. Yeah. Look, Frank Dukes, we could talk about all day, but just go watch. There's a U- great YouTube video um, by Napoleon Blown Apart about Frank Dukes. Go check that out. It, it'll blow your mind. Just go down the rabbit hole about Frank Dukes for an hour. Um, but let's. So, but this movie is the greatest movie ever made. Let's let's be serious. So, despite the fact that Frank Dukes is a, a, a con man and a liar. Without his cons okay, and lies, we wouldn't have. To, let me finish. You, we okay. wouldn't have blood sport. We wouldn't have MMA as we know it. This, we wouldn't have Street Fighter Two as we know it. We wouldn't have we Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat as we know it. All of those things take so much from blood sport. Like this, it's it's it, for a movie that it's based on lies and played off as a true story. It had such significance on the <laughs> real world. It's hilarious like it it's hilarious this movie has it's, so it's much the effect most successful on so many con things. job in the world it is it is the but it's a beautiful con job because it gave us so many things that we love like i have so many mixed feelings about this movie like every time i'm when i'm watching the movie like i do cringe every time they call him frank dukes i'm like oh, just change his name or something and it would be a better movie like if it was just, just call him john claude van damme and I love how they always cast Jean-Claude as these all-American characters, even though Frank Dukes is Canadian, so, like, the whole thing... Anyway, everything's, everything about Frank Dukes is a lie. Yeah, he was born in Toronto. For like, this film. And they have, like, a, a Belgian play him in, as, like, an American, but anyway, besides that, I mean, they had him play all-American Colonel Guile, too. But this is the, also, speaking of Street Fighter, the movie, this was, like, the first, uh, I assume first, time uh the two actors jean-claude van damme and the guy who plays ray jackson are in a movie together and they go on to do street fighter together because the what is it gib something gib i like to pretend this movie's a prequel to super soldier (laughs) because i mean think about it frank's duke is just like he's running from the military and they bring him back in and then they put him on ice and make him a cyborg and then he's gonna fight dolph lundgren and Arguably one of John Claude Van Van Damme's best films, Super Soldier. Super Soldier and Universal Soldier. It might be well, Universal Soldier, yeah. Well, we're gonna turn to you in a second, Chow, because this was your pick. I originally picked it, and you're like, "No, don't change it." And I'm like, "All right, for <laughs> <laughs> sure, that was gonna get changed." But yeah. no, I'm glad you didn't, because like I kid a little when I say this is the greatest movie ever made, but only a little because it was so influential in so many ways. But also, I I would stay with like sincerity that this is oh we're back someone died my internet went crazy there oh maybe it was murphy was it well murphy's gone now um but anyways how about this chow 
you, I'm glad you agree, but how about this? This is the best movie ever made with absolutely no good acting in it. The best movie ever made with the worst acting. Like, is there a movie with as much bad acting in it as this one that is as great? Yeah, I don't think there's any good actors in this movie. No. Well, Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. He's a good actor, which is so strange. You like see all this horrible acting for like 30 minutes, and then Forrest Whitaker shows up, and you're like, dude, what are you doing here? <laughs> Run. You're just cashing a check. And he is like the best actor in it. He just plays like the cop. Uh, He's barely in it. But he's still like the most believable. He's still like the best actor in it. Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, Bolo I, Young plays scary good. I, I yeah, I guess so. Bolo's great, but uh, yeah. honestly, I, I I don't know why I like this movie so much. I think I just I watched it nostalgia at the right time in my life, and uh, when Van Damme was super big and uh, Bolo was super awesome. Uh, even at his age there, but uh, yeah, I I have no idea why. Like as soon, as soon as I as soon as you told me about this category, it's like automatically split second. Blood sports got to be in it. Yeah, well, it it's influential on martial arts. It basically created the even desire though, even though, for mis- mixed martial arts. It's influential on martial arts, even though a lot of the techniques are fake. <laughs> oh yeah, but, yeah, like but you can see like. Some of the influences, like there's this one fight standoff where clearly the one guy is the guy they stole Sagat's stance from. Like there's the Sagat um, guy. Like you um, can almost like see the Street Fighter fights. Like they're like this one's Sagat versus Ryu. This one's like, like obviously anything with Ray Jackson that character. It's like that's the Zangief fight. Like yeah, I liked how they they introduced all the the fighters early in the movie where everyone like. Everyone's doing like Bolo's breaking ice bricks, and then like there's one guy who's you know, yeah, he like he like literally, he like he literally does a sidekick to these like ice bricks, like ice boulders that were hanging from a tree, and they just explode because they've got like an explosive on the inside when he kicks them. Um, And then they yeah, you you get introduced to uh, Jackson's character, the big dude, because he like. I think he well, let, like, let's 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 fight. throw it to Chow. This was his pick. So, how did this sure, movie yeah. start, Chow? How does it start? <laughs> What's the oh, first man. act all about? Man, I don't. Do we not just have like a? a do we have a trailer for this? Or we, we just watch watched it. it. We watched. <laughs> it. <laughs> what a blur! <laughs> uh, well, we can s- basically. Know. You want me to take over? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't. Frank. This Frank is, is like. They don't even get into it. Is he CIA? Is he like whatever? F like not FBI. He's probably CIA, or at least he's working for them. And like, because again, that's some of the lies that Frank Dukes told. He's not just the greatest martial artist at it. He was the king of the ninjas at sixteen. Um, he's supposed to be like a U.S. Marine Corps or something. Yeah. Okay. Then he's in the Marines, so they want him for missions because he's the best. So they're like, I don't even know if they want, and they also don't, they don't want him in the Kumite either. They don't want him fighting. I don't know if it was that they Um, wanted him for missions or if they wanted him because he was like, he had done something to get in trouble and they were going to put him in prison if he didn't do something. So he just goes on the run and goes back to his old sensei who was some dude. They they introduce it because 
Yeah, they, they introduce that he like breaks into this guy's house, him and his friends, when he's a kid to steal a sword. But oh Frank Dukes so, is like, no, let me put it back. And then they've got this kid that has like the most put on Jean-Claude Van Damme accent ever. He's like, I just, I didn't want the sword. I was going to put it. He's like, this is not how you get a sword. You must, you must win in battles for swords. It's probably his little younger brother. Probably a real yeah. accent. And he's like, I'll, I'll learn to fight. And he's like, yes, you will learn to fight by being the punching bag of my son. And then his son would just kick his ass for like the next 25 years until his son dies of unexplained reasons. And there's lots of long splits shots of him doing the splits because it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. You have to. Oh, yeah, he gets in this. He gets in this training <laughs> montage because he's like, yo, even though your son's dead, I can be your son. I can take your training. Because your training won't go from father to father to father. This is my Jean-Claude yes. Van Damme accent, so he, Yeah, way. so he represents the Black <laughs> Dragon Society, which is the society, the made-up society, all these fake karate people in the 80s pretended to be a part of. The Count Dantes and the Ashita Kims and all these, like, and Frank Dukes, all these fake guys. Uh, so, yeah. They're all well, Black well, Dragon Dukesy. Society. Well, Dukesy takes the time to learn from the master. And the master... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beats so, the shit out of him, gets him to do just, some stretches. Beats the shit out of him with a stick. Yeah, isn't happy yeah. with the stretches. Does a shibara this movie doesn't session. Start off great, ties actually. him up with rope. Stretches him real hard. He until him. until him. he just gets stone faced and he breaks the thing. And and the teacher's like, "Yes, you are." Do you think prepared. that's in his all of his contracts? There has to be like at least twenty shots of him doing the splits. Uh, I, I would yeah. think there's at least some number in the contract, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and, like, they have to be good, too. Like, when you see him doing the splits, he's, like, on the top of a building looking down at a mountain or something like that. Like, he doesn't just do the splits anywhere. Oh, yeah. Gotta be epic. Yeah, for sure. Because he's good at it. <laughs> None of the other action stars of the 80s could do the splits. That's how he separated himself. Well, you think Bruce Willis can do the splits? tell you that much he cannot he can crawl through shafts <laughs> yeah without any shoes on <laughs> you don't think sean club van dan can crawl through shafts he's slippery um but uh so this movie doesn't start off great like the kind of early frank duke stuff it's all just horse shit anyway it so takes some of a 40 minutes to get to the first fight and the first but 40 once minutes, it starts it's awesome yeah, you, you get introduced to Frank Dukes as who he is growing up, and then he, I guess, and then he, he you see him complete his training, and then leave for the Kumite, and he gets on a Which bus. Means and that's sparring. What was it Frank Rickardson's <laughs> character? The opposite of fighting to the death. It means sparring for fun yeah. and training. Jackson, Donald Gibb. That's when he yeah, meets Donald, Donald Gibb, Gibb's yeah. character on the bus of Jackson. I like me some Donald Gibb as Zang. Nerds. Okay, um, USA. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you know, Gibbs gets to be the lovable but crude Jackson and they become buddy buddy, become the first Playing two the worst Americans in the arcade Kumite. ever. The worst arcade the game Westerns. ever. It looks so boring. Like it's just the karate <laughs> video game and they're just kinda inching towards each other. It's like basically a Did I ever play that game? No, I don't Is remember that real? one. I was surprised by some of the movesets. Jumping kick. What was it called? Standing kick, punch. I think it was just called karate. Okay, yeah, no, I don't remember that one. And you got it oh. on like one of the 40 and 1 cartridges. Or it, it wasn't... Oh, it, was that NES karate? I think so. 
Oh, the, the, like the sprites look different. Oh, I've played NES karate. It 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 moves maybe, like that. Where you just maybe I'm mixing my nostalgic memories here, but oh, maybe anyway. looking that arcades aside, you know, um, Jackson basically, you know, insert inserts coin. Oh, you kept that. Like, uh, <laughs> and and him him and and uh, Jean Claude Van Damme have you know a little tete a tete. Wins his yep. respect, and then we get to the Kumite, where they start getting, like, and the movie gets amazing. It, it starts getting into the cool things because you get introduced to all the, like the fights. It's and stuff, just but... Mortal Kombat after that. Well, the thing, yeah, it is basically just Mortal Kombat after that. The thing is, the for for Jean Claude Van Damme's character to get into the Kumite because the masters are like, you're not, you're oh, white, the bricks. you're too white to be this guy's son. Yeah. You're not. You can't be in the Kumite, white boy. He's like, no, I no, know you, my master's white way. White guys can be in the Kumite, but not under. No, the, no, no. But you can't. You can't be under. You can't be under this this master's name, Tanaka. Yeah. I guess yeah. you can't be under Tanaka's name. And no, but you're not you know, Black Dragon. He's just like well, you, you gotta. You gotta prove the, it. And it's like, yeah, the, the show us the dim mock, which is again a full bullshit thing that. Frank Dukes and Count Dante and all of them, the touch of death, right? It's the thing you always saw advertised in the comic books. They'd be like, like all you had to do was do this, and you were a karate guy in the 80s. So, the touch of death. Like, they even made fun of it on The Simpsons. Like, Bart gives Lisa the touch of death. He's like, like yeah, um, touch of death. Yeah, so yeah, basically he's going to break the brick, and then when he's about to do it, they're like, no, the bottom brick. And he... Yeah. So he has to pass the force through five bricks. Which, which is funny the because there, in the Mortal Kombat games, there's a thing where you have to like test your might and like break a brick. And it, no, that's Street it Fighter. It starts with no, no. That's it's in Street it's Fighter. in Mortal Kombat. No, it's Mortal Kombat. No, that's in Street test, Fighter. No, it's Mortal Kombat. I think it's Mortal Kombat. Oh, newer ones, you mean? No, mm. test your might's been in Mortal Kombat since like Mortal no. Kombat three. Yes. No. Oh no, Mortal Kombat does the thing where you have to like. Okay, you're right. No, test uh, your might. Yes. I was thinking of. I was thinking of Street Fighter. You have to beat the shit out of the car. Yeah, no, I knew exactly yeah. what you were thinking of, and yeah. it's not that. No, no, no. The test no, your no. might. The, but yeah, it, they yeah. they made it go from a. It starts off as a brick, and then it ends with like the actual Mortal Kombat symbol, and it's like. I could never break anything on that part in Mortal Kombat. Oh, dude, it's only harder thing. now. It's only even harder now your stupid hand just hits the top and doesn't go anywhere and it's very it's like, frustrating uh, and then your your head explodes you like build it up fail. <laughs> anyway so yeah that was so lame. um yeah, mortal yeah, kombat yeah. begins and, the, and we're gonna get into one of my favorite scenes now which is uh mm-hmm. the inspiration so uh, johnny cage john claude van damme is the entire oh. inspiration for johnny cage and it was 100%. mostly because of this even the nut no you're just picking the sorry that. Before we really get into this, the reason why I picked this scene is because something stood out to me. Something stood out big time to me in this film. And it started being very apparent. Oh, it's not his yelling, is it? It's not his... Nope. Those are awful. There's so many... Slow motion yet groans. Oh, poor E. Honda. (laughs) That is E. Honda. It's totally Honda. Yeah, he's like the unbreakable sumo guy. Yes! Get him! That's for America. There. It was right there. Did you guys catch that? 
What? Did, did you catch that? Let me pull it back a little. Listen carefully. Did you hear that? Yeah, that little... Yeah. That little meow. Yeah. That happens constantly throughout the film. What is it? It's a a cat meowing. No, that's a person's soul leaving the body. No. You would think that. You would think it's an effect to emphasize something that happened in the fight in the movie. It's not. It's not at all. It is. There is a cat cat? meowing because it's a cat. It's a cat. There's there's cat meowing in the background of the sound effects. You can hear it clear as day. And the moment you hear it, the moment you hear it, it doesn't go away. You think I'm crazy? Yeah, I wish you had. You think I'm crazy? Yes, we are. More crazy than I do right now. Yeah. Chow, your scene, it happens twice. It happens right. twice to that scene. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. To get right, let's do it. All right. Who's... So his is the later in the other movie. Oh, Chong Lee. Not happy. Oh, there's one. A cat sounds like, dude. It's a cat. This was a good scene, actually. This was my second choice because they all turned their backs on He loves the hype. I don't get it. They've been breaking bones. I thought they were killing people up to this moment, but now he kills no. this guy dishonorably, the and they death. Is it the Since first the last death? year? Since the last year, he killed a guy in the finals in the last year, Charlie. and they he just sat stand there and watched him die. They said, like, "Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You are next." I love that delivery. You are next. I, I don't know why that's my favorite scene. But it's and uh, I'll find myself, I'll find myself walking around like the office at work, just chanting Chung Charlie Chung. And I'm at the age now where, like, most of the people in my office are younger than me, and they've never seen this movie before, and they just think I'm insane. <laughs> Probably because you go to work dressed like that, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh. if you go back and watch Bloodsport now, and you look at any of the fight scenes, and there's even a, a YouTube edit of all the cat meow edits in Bloodsport. I looked this up. This is a thing that is recognized in the community where they're like, yeah, no, there's there's a cat meowing in the background. It fucks with my cat. So, because how, the, why? how? Why did this happen? Probably just because a stray cat. 
It, it, no, it was the audio engineering was like they didn't put a lot of money into it or something. And it there's just for whatever reason, I guess Jean-Claude Van Damme had something to do with the editing of this film, too. But uh, yeah, there's a cat. He actually let Frank Dukes date his sister. He was all in. Oh, wow. he was all in. I'm sure yeah. he's already done something. with. Yeah, Frank he Dukes let Frank too. Dukes date his sister. And now then they had a falling out. They've had everyone's had a falling out. Frank Dukes because he's a scam artist and a con artist. But, uh, um, yeah, he loved yeah. it. Like they were buddies. But yeah, so yeah, watch Bloodsport. Into his shit. the cat meowing. It's uh, I I couldn't get it past it after that point. At that point, in the from that point on, I was like, why is there a meowing cat? Where is there a meow? There's a and I had to pause the movie and I had to look it up, and it was a whole thing. And I'm not crazy. You watch this film, you can, I, I, I literally, it was like, okay, no, is this the copy I have? Do I have a copy where somebody, like, gave me a it's dub? It's hardly noticeable. It's very it noticeable. Well, it's, it's now. Like, it's, it's hardly noticeable in these clips I'm showing, but when you're watching the movie straight on, you're like, that's a meow. I've seen this movie, I, like, 25 times. I know. I, I thought I was going crazy, but I had to look it up. I looked it up on YouTube. I had to look up the scene I was watching on YouTube to make sure the meowing I heard wasn't an addition in whatever copy I had. And it was in that YouTube video. And then I looked it up and there's like Reddit forums of people talking about the meowing cats. And then there's a YouTube edit of all the cat meows in the movie. I... I have what's no the words. Count? What's the cat count? Murphy sent me this, know. Tech, this meme of a cat earlier, and he's just like, I'll talk about it later on the show. Meow. I yeah. don't think I can unhear it. Yeah, yeah, I can't unhear it now. Screw you, Murphy. I love this movie, and you just made I it. Bet, I bet everybody loves this movie, and if anybody who hears this now, they'd be like, there's a fucking cat meowing in Bloodsport? The whole... You, it's not even like a one-time thing. For me if that's what you're you trying think to it, do, Murphy. Listen, I thought it was going to be like a one-time, surely it's only this one. No, it's right, like let's not talk every about the fight anymore. scene. And no, it's the only thing I can talk about in this movie. It's no, the only thing I can I'm pay already bored about, about talking Bloodsport. about this cat. But there was a meowing cat in every Who fight cares? scene for no reason. And this is supposed to be the greatest film on Earth? The yes. greatest martial arts film on Earth? And we yes. get a putty cat in the background go, meow, when somebody dies? Okay. What's more martial arts than a cat? In the last movie, everyone was named Tiger. I mean, those are Tiger. Okay, sure, but like they at least they were killing people and there wasn't a meowing cat. You know what really really emphasizes my bloodlust? A kitten going meow in the background. What's more bloodthirsty and bloodlusty than a cat? You're way off base here, Murphy. Way yeah. off base. Cats are murderers. They're murderers. They love it. They're murderers. They're... But when it comes to human on human combat they really askew the uh, atmosphere of violence and impact when i hear can you imagine if a human murdered another human and just started batting it around for like 45 minutes that would be t twisted that's what i think some heavyweight boxing matches look like when they get tired they just look like big wet cats just like it's <laughs> true <Sure> they do <laughs> oh have a seat Is that it? No. It was... Give it up on the cat. Oh my god. Anyway. So, the tournament's going on. Um, Ray Jackson has to fight Bolo, and that doesn't go so well. Because just, that's the worst part of the movie, actually, is like, he was beating Bolo, and he just decides to turn his back on him and cheer for like five minutes. It's just like, surely there was a better way to write in 
Bolo beating him, but also giving him some shine, which is what they were trying to do. It's like in wrestling where like they don't want the if the bad guy wins, it, it always you know you had to hit him with a chair when the ref wasn't looking or something. You know, it's like that sort of a thing. They wanted to put the shine on the good guy, but have the bad guy win. But it just wasn't the best written way to do that. I didn't feel. But so. so Bo- Bolus semi kills Jackson in the ring because Jackson's like I'm not. He roughs him up real good. I'm winning. He, he he busts him up real good. He's he has to go to the hospital. He's out of the tournament. It's but, not good. Like it's weird. Like their relationship is a little weird. Dukes and oh, Jackson Dukes because they don't Jackson? really spend that much time together. But they're basically making out at the end of the movie in the hospital. Oh yeah, no, the the bromance um, is off the charts. But yeah, you get I, but I it's get inexplicable. Get... It's, we, it's, we, we get to your favorite scene shortly after Jackson. Because I laugh out loud. So, yeah, so this music, it's because of this music. Like, this music, you imagine he's going to start thinking about his girl or maybe his sensei. But instead, it, this music is so out, like, it doesn't match. He's thinking about. Oh, there he he's thinks thinking about it all. He's second. thinking about his girl, his sensei. So. He's thinking about that blonde girl. He's thinking about Jack. But it's like this. But then he just sees Bolo. Bolo gives him the eyes. Oh my god. I laugh out loud when he does it. It's like Bolo. But he's so haunted by this fighter. But the music, like, now it should be a threatening music. He's thinking about the guy who just beat the shit out of his friend, but it's just this, like, romance ballad or something in the background. The whole thing is hilarious. That whole, that is so 80s. Like, if somebody were to ask me, what's the 10 best ways to experience the 80s, watching Bloodsport would be on that list. I haven't seen a a relationship there than... You know, Maverick and Goose and Top, and Top Gun between Ducks and Jackson. No. Yeah. No, they're, 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 the, they're the Maverick and Goose. Day. Ducks yeah. and Jackson are the Maverick yeah. and Goose of martial art films. I guess so. I'll subscribe to that. All right. Fine enough. So then we get to the end of the movie, basically. The tournament continues. Um, the cops... They've given up because they can't catch Dukes. They keep trying. They try to tase him. It doesn't work out. They just but no, up. they do catch him. They they do catch him. They sort don't of. catch him. They, they go on the most. He, ridiculous he goes chase. with them. Yeah, they go he on goes, a stupid. They go chase. on the most ridiculous. And he's like he's like toying with them for like four yeah, or five hilarious. blocks. Like it, you're yeah. you're in the middle of like Kowloon, China. You literally could take three yeah, left yeah. turns and a right and lose them. Like yeah. there's any man out of back alleys, but you get them into a river at one point. Um. Uh, sure, silly, silly, wacky games, and it makes you know Fortis Whitaker kind of look foolish. But then the guy, the cops are just like, "Well, we're bringing you back. If you don't bring you back, we're gonna bring you back." And then Nukes is like, "Just let me finish the kumite. I must win yeah, for my friend." He's like, "I'll meet you on the plane tomorrow." And they're like, "All right, you better be there, Frank." But they go but to the they, tournament. They watch yeah, him. They go to the <laughs> tournament. Yeah. The super secret tournament manages to let Janice and the cops in. Unexplained. They're just Janice doesn't make a lot of sense, really, and her like her motivations don't make a lot of sense. She's a reporter that wants to report on the Kumite. And the best part is she's gonna make audio notes in the middle of a very raucous crowd that's gotta be perfect to write down. (laughs) Some oh my god, a man just died. Audio note chaos. This man's just got broken. Just like her report just ends up being about a cat. 
Just <laughs> 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 every time I listen to this, it's just yeah. meow. That's the whole tape. Yeah. So somebody put this recording in a box of kittens. The the big final has to be Dukes versus Chong Lee, and they it's interesting because they changed the platform. It was a a flat platform before, but for the final, they like raised two edges so you can do crazy jump kicks and stuff. Easier to do crazy uh, big time moves for the big final fight, which is what they could have used in Come Drink with Me. You know, make the step up the the fight scene a little if you can. But uh, it's it's a fine fight, I guess. Between the, the fights aren't great by modern standards or anything, but they're they're fun to watch. Like because you can see all the influences towards Street Fighter and things like that. Like like the the Street Fighter Ryu jump kick is Jean Claude Van Damme's jump kick. Like that's one hundred percent the exact same pose. Like they've taken so much from this movie, but that's it. They like he beats Chong Lee. <laughs> He doesn't kill him. He has the chance. Um, the worst thing about this movie for no, me he is makes the him slow say, motion. What, what was the word? Yeah, oh, he makes him. It's Kumite. You have to say Kumite. Does no, it's like Kumite? half the word. It's like Kuma or Kumit or something. I thought it was like Mute or something like that. I oh, thought Mute, it was. It yeah. started with an yeah. M. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Mute, he's, he's saying I quit. It was an I quit match. He turned. He turned. Yeah. <laughs> he was the he rock, did. and he he put a microphone in Mick Foley's face. Say the words, Mick. Say the words. I quit. I quit. Sorry, I just had <laughs> wrestling flashbacks there. <laughs> I just, I just, I literally just went back to seventeen and watched the most traumatic wrestling match in my career <laughs> ever. Just the rock. Pounding Mick Foley's head in with a steel chair to the point where he's unconscious and they use an audio recorder to make him lose the match. If you're a wrestling fan, you know what I'm talking about. You're right there with me. Yeah. Hey, wrestling is a martial arts and you can't say it's not. Oh my god, get out of here, Murphy. The only thing faker than the fights in this movie are is professional wrestling. So get out of here. Um it's still a martial arts, it qualifies. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. God, he, the term martial art means the art of like body form or something like that. Or no, motion, it's body self motion. defense. No, it's martial not. It's... Martial, the word, what does the word martial refer to, Murphy? I believe that the, what the does origins the term, of the term martial mean, Murphy? Martial? <laughs> I, I think you're thinking of like martial M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L not martial arts. I am not. I am not. I'm fairly certain it's, like it, the, it's, the... It, it refers to a military application. It's about self-defense or not military but of, 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 a, of a combat freaking it's about real fighting. Okay martial arts is real defense in, de- in different forms which like you're not going to defend yourself with a body slam if somebody attacks you with a knife. I don't know. If someone body slammed me, I'd probably die. I yeah, body slammed somebody. You're not going to get somebody gonna a be DDT in a fight. I've been. Oh, a, I've given somebody a DDT in a fight. Stop the fight too. It wasn't blood sport level, but yeah. anyway, he probably so. broke the guy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's it. He makes him win. He wins the tournament. He meets them on the plane. He sneaks onto the plane because he's also the world's greatest spy. And they're looking for him. He's like, "Hey guys, I've been waiting for you up here." And they're like, "Ah." <laughs> but this was your pick. Tell us about Bloodsport a bit, Joe. 
<laughs> I think everything's been said. What happened to my camera? Hello. I don't know. You're out of focus. At, at autofocus. Put there your glasses go. on. Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> my glasses. It was my screen. It was your guys' glasses. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. But, all right. It's yeah. a great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. It's so fun. There's a cat meowing in the background. It's constant. Shut up, Murphy. Oh, all right. Yeah. You just got to notice it every time you watch the film now. That's all. But the only thing more entertaining than Bloodsport is that YouTube uh, documentary on Frank Dukes. Go check that out. It'll blow your mind. This is so twisted. And people were so gullible uh, at one point about martial arts in the world. Like, that, that, that time will never come again. Um, you could just tell people stuff and they would believe you before internet fact-checking. But, uh, yeah, it's the best movie ever. Let's talk about it. So, which performance would you hold up? I meant in our little uh, end, end roll here. Performance would you hold up? I'm going to say Donald Gibb. Donald Gibb? I mean, yeah, he's definitely Give putting on the most performance out of anybody because... It's like his biggest paycheck and probably one of his biggest role next to Zangief. Revenge of the Nerds. And Zangief. Was you he, know, he Zangief? Got paid for Zangief. He, yeah, he wasn't Zangief. Zangief. Pretty sure he was. No, there's no way Donald Gibb was Zangief. All right, I'm looking it up. Which performance would you hold up, Joe? Bolo for sure. Yeah, he was good. He was intimidating. He looked the part. I can't believe he's that 55 ass. in that. Okay, you're right. He wasn't Zangief. That's what I thought. I was like, I would remember if Donald Gibb was a Zangief. He'd be a great Zangief. That's not a terrible yeah, casting. Yeah, that's why but... I thought he was Zangief. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, he should have been Zangief. Zangief was played by Andrew Brynierski. Hmm. But, yeah, performances. Chad, uh, did I, you pick one? Yeah. I went Bolo. Oh, yeah, you went Bolo. What did you believe, Murphy? Um, you know what? I'm going to give it to you know what? Uh, Roy Chow as Tanaka. The the old The like, old guy who doesn't even have a line? I don't even think the he says yeah. anything. I know. That's why it's the best performance. Does he? Yeah, he says lines. He's like, he talks about his father to the father, you know, how martial arts are supposed to be transferred from... His his was supposed to be transferred from father to son to father to son to father. So there's the whole like meaningful dialogue he has with Jean Claude Van Damme, where Jean Claude's like, "I'll be your son. I'll be you train me, Papa, and I will I will learn the martial arts for you." And I, I tried get to the steal sword, from Papa. you. Don't you want to train me like your son? <laughs> no, he didn't try to steal from him. He just entered the vice, then he wanted to put it back, and then he got his ass beat by the other son. And then he's like, "All right, I will train from you, Papa." And then his son died, and then he actually got to learn when he was you know 25 or something like that and you know he goes and fights akuma he's supposed to be even younger kills than that man. he's supposed yeah, to be supposed 19 like 21 or something something i think sure he's supposed yeah. to be 19. Uh, boy chow uh, it's so insane for the role of honestly Sanaka. i'm changing my pick the best actor is the best actor in this movie it's forrest whitaker he doesn't have much to do in this but he's the only real actor in this movie and his part his lines are actually believable his chopstick like, game is weak sauce, though. 
It's terrible, Chops. Just what is this? Can you what blame this? Can you blame? My chopstick <laughs> game is pretty weak too. I know. Just look at you. You used to try to teach me how to hold them. It never really worked out. Um, setting aesthetic. This movie actually looks amazing. It's so gritty and like it's it's filmed in Kowloon Walled City, so it's a bit of a time capsule. Um, yeah, it's it's it fits the the tone and the subject matter of the film perfectly. It's just so gritty and it feels real. Like when they're running through the streets, like they that's they didn't create any sets. They're just running through people going. Yeah, about no, there's day. you can definitely tell there's people. Like, that are just like, what is happening? Why are yeah. these people running? Like, why is this a like, Belgian American teasing these cops? There's, I remember this one dad walking his daughter or whatever, and then like Jean Claude Van Damme just like runs by them, and he's like, oh, and he like pulls his daughter to the side. And he's like, What's happening? Like, <laughs> this well cut white guy, he's just running, and then a cat very fast. Meowed. Yeah, <laughs> cat Yeah, no, the setting aesthetic, you know, it fit the part. You know, you, you go to the place, the origin of it all, and it's not hard. Like, it still mostly looks like that today, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Like, I, I went there in uh, 2007. It looked the same. To Kowloon? Yep. Yeah, Just less wall. <laughs> yeah. Less wall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Well... You got some morsels for us, I bet, for this movie, Murphy. But uh, we don't need to talk about Frank Dukes. You could pick up morsels about Frank Dukes for hours. Like I was wondering what your morsels were going to be for this, because like you I could go on forever Frank if you Duke wanted tidbits, to. But I didn't go too hard on the guy. All right. So yeah, Bloodsport, 1988, movie morsels. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme actually knocked out Bernard Marino with his elbow, and the scene made it into the movie. Um, Might as well keep it. Yeah, man. It looked good. Um, This is one of the few films featuring scenes filmed inside Kowloon, Walled City, before Mm. its destruction. Um, Time capsule. Frank's Dukes was the fight coordinator for this film, and when Jean-Claude Van Damme was cast, Dukes announced that Van Damme wasn't nearly in good enough shape and put him through a three-month training program. Van Damme, a world championship martial artist in his own right, called it the hardest training of his life. Van Damme has stated that prior to this film, he was working odd jobs and was literally broke. He did everything he could to secure this role, going as far as training for 10 hours a day and changing his appearance to look more American and receiving dental work to get the perfect Hollywood teeth even though they weren't that perfect. Um, the movie was Certainly touted... didn't spend much time on his American accent. No. Uh, the movie was touted as a true story, <laughs> but again, over the years, doubts have arisen about his veracity. Uh, most martial doubts. artists enthusiasts consider Frank Duke's accounts of competing in secret tournaments a complete fiction. Along with his claims, he was an undercover CIA operative. Some have pointed out that nobody else has confirmed a story or told their own version. It is now generally accepted that Duke's lied his way into the Hollywood and has most likely never competed in a martial arts tournament. According to records obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, Duke's was in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve and was never posted overseas. The CIA has no record of him ever working with them. And his personal brand of martial arts, Duke's Ryu Duke's Ninjutsu, Ninjutsu uh, <laughs> is also a complete fabrication. Uh, Paulo Toka is a real-life Muay Thai champion. He's the guy who's doing like the Sangeet the style. Cigar. Yeah, the Muay Thai fighting. Style, yeah. 
Yeah, Apollo Toka. He's been another. He looked like a real guy. fighter. Like the stance was there. Yeah, he he, 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 he had some of the better fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, he was all about it. A lot of them seemed to be real fighters. Like there was a karate guy who seemed to know what he was doing. I just I found it really distracting that like the one black martial art guy, his entire style was basically being a monkey and breaking yeah, nuts with his hands. That was and that was weird. I think it was it was cringy. I took it, it as was, capoeira to be honest. It was not capoeira. There's not no. that much like with capoeira. Oh, like, maybe not. But like a lot there's, of like there's more like dancing his... and yeah. like straight legging. That was just right up monkey walking around the ring yeah. and then jumping on the guy occasionally. It was straight offensive. He it didn't was get not many hits off. <laughs> no. It wasn't a good style. <laughs> yeah. Um Midway's hit video game Mortal Kombat 92 took huge inspiration from the film and even used a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme for the character Johnny Cage, who has it a wasn't similar a parody. Costume. He was supposed to play John. He was he, okay, hang on. It was a parody. It ended up being a parody because they couldn't get Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme to do it. So Johnny Cage ended up being a parody, has similar costume, backstory, and a familiar split punch. According to the game creator John Tobias, uh, they wanted he punches straight forward. They wanted to make a gritty game based on the film, and and now in 2023 in the MK1 release re-release version. So basically, Mortal Kombat has gone full circle, and they're calling it MK1 yeah. now. Um, yeah. And Jean God Van Damme is now an actual playable character as I, I read Cage. that. He's mm. he's actually come full circle and is in Mortal Kombat as a Johnny Cage, but it's Jean Claude Van Damme. No, he's doing the voice lines. He's doing. They're like, both it's his it, right. Like, no, Johnny. Okay, so Johnny, Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. No, no, he's no, 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 no. Johnny Cage is in it, but it's multiple universes, and Jean Claude uh, Van Damme plays a version of Johnny Cage. So oh, he's Johnny Cage and has the Johnny Cage move set, but he has Jean Claude Van Damme doing the voice lines. It's it's just good. It's no, just good. Johnny Cage has Jean Claude Van Damme's moveset. Let's get Fair this enough. straight, right? Fair now. enough. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, in the tournament scene, Jean Claude Van Damme is seen trading kicks when fighting a guy in a gray karate suit with long hair. Oh, fighters, I love that scene. They're just yeah. hauling off and kicking each other, no defense or nothing. They're just like, yeah. Uh, this fighter is veteran Hong Kong stunt performer and top-notch martial artist Yu Shu Wu. Uh, he was told to tone down his kicking skills to make Van Damme look better on screen. And not break him in half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Frank Duke's brick-breaking demonstration is purely fictional, as is the Dim Mok Death Touch, a legendary move fabled in Chinese martial arts folklore. The Dim Mok is an acupressure attack where the attacker quickly strikes his opponent several times in sequence at various spots. It's the Vulcan Death it's yeah, the five finger death punch basically. Striking opponent in this method can result in broken bones, paralysis, painful muscle spasms, or even instant death. Pei Pei Cheng's character Pei Pei Cheng's character, Jade Fox, uses a paralyzing dim mock type attack in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon from the year two thousand. Uh, in this movie, when Chong Lee defeats Jackson, they use the same camera angles and slow motion techniques that Bruce Lee uses in Enter the Dragon. Uh, Frank Dukes was originally supposed to be played by actor Michael Dudikoff, who previously appeared in canon films like American Ninja, Avenging Force, and Platoon Leader. The filmmakers apparently passed on Dudikoff because of the six-foot-two actor was just too tall. The Frank Dukes real... actually was in a movie by this director. Like there was, uh, like there's like all the shots, all the fake proof evidence that Frank Dukes has that he was in the military. They're all shots 
from this movie that he was in. Uh, the, he, he, the he's playing leader his, one. Yeah. Uh, in in real life, the Koryukai Black Dragon Society was a Japanese far right ultranationalist paramilitary group. Uh, Ryohei Uchida, uh, a Japanese martial artist and political theorist, founded the group in 1901. The name is a Japanese transliteration of Heilongjiang, Black Dragon River, the Chinese name for the Amur River, which separates northeastern China and the Russian Far East. Initially, its goal was to halt the Russian Empire's expansion into East Asia. The group had locations around the world throughout its 45-year history. The group was involved in espionage, sabotage, and assassinations. Um, so that's that's... Wow. The lineage of martial arts that Frank Duke's character is apparently coming from. Um, yeah, Cinematography, David Wirth, edited by Carl Kress and Michael J. Duthie. Music by Paul Herzog and Stan Bush. Um, release date, Stan Bush, really? It's a, tra- this, it's a transformer, Stan Bush. Release date, February 26, 1988. Running time, 92 minutes. A budget of $1.5 to $2.3 million. Uh, none of it. Quite confirmed. Box office of fifty million dollars. Damn, made some money. Yeah, it was a big martial arts hit, and it formed. It's a great entire, movie. It's the best movie. lifestyle That's... and generation. I've seen it. All right, well, let's talk about this Re- rewatchability. Yes, I've seen it twenty-five times, and I will probably watch it twenty more. I'll watch it again for sure. And now, yeah. and now, the twenty times that he sees it more. Shut up about the, the cat. Cat. He's gonna hear a cat. He twenty-five times he watched it, and he didn't hear. Now he's now he's gonna watch it and he can't he won't get past it. He's gonna be like into a fight scene, and then you're just gonna hear a random meow in the most he's gonna see Jean Vlog and then go meow when he like looks at it. It's it's so apparent you're never no, gonna not because see it doesn't it, and you're sound gonna like hate a cat. me for it. If it sounded like a cat, it's a I cat. No, you think it doesn't sound like a cat from the clips it I doesn't. showed you, but when you watch the film, it's most definitely and clearly a cat. You know what it's it sounds cat. like? And I bet you it actually is. I'm here. I'm I'm busting a hole in that theory. I don't think it's a cat. I think because it fits more of the setting that we're seeing, it sounds exactly like somebody who's sitting on a chair just scooching it across the floor a little. That's what it sounds like. And this room is filled with people sitting in chairs. It's just people scooching their chairs, Murphy. There's no cat that always it's happens to be by the microphone, which makes no cat. sense. It's no. a cat. Everybody nope. is busting a hole in that cat. theory right now. Would you, you watch this again, chair? Murphy? I mean, I will watch it again, and I'll, I'll, I'll not only watch it again. I'll cut out every scene. You know what? I'll just show you the scene where, where every cat. There's a cat. No. I'll tell you, there's a cat. It's a cat. There's cats Does it in hold this movie. Up? I'll Does watch it hold up? Yes, cats. it's the best. It's it 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 has terrible acting in it through the whole thing, and it's still amazing. It's it still manages to be the best. It's so fun to watch. It's, like there's something to be said about the the alchemy in this movie like it, sh- it unlike the last one that had some pieces there that it should have been a better movie and of course some people thought it was it won an academy award but that that movie won what do we say about the academy fellas that last movie won an academy award this movie will win nothing ever but it's but it's so great it's so great oh shit uh, i don't know i don't as much as i love this movie i don't know if it holds up Unpopular opinion, maybe in this room, but uh, like with the the popularity of like the UFC now and MMA, you just know that like everything. I'm watching the, the movie now, I can't stop garbage. listening. There's oh yeah, like, 
there's gonna be a thousand YouTube videos of, of like MMA guys just tearing the shit out of these fights. Well, it, I, I think that's in not... comparison to what people watch in real time now, it, all that just looks so slow. You know what I mean? Like the slow motion grunts that. didn't help. No, they're terrible. I mean, you'd be better off watching any Jackie Chan film where it's fast and fluid and that yeah. kind of stuff there, but. Uh, yeah, Jet as much Lee, as I love this movie. every every once upon a time in China film by Jet Li is like far superior. I almost picked yeah. Rumble in the Bronx because I love Rumble in the Bronx. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I almost picked a Jackie Chan. I almost picked a Bruce Lee, but I went off the board. What can I say? And this one, all right. So no, no hold up from you, Chad. What about you, Murphy? Uh. Yeah, it, I mean, it gets a, it gets a hold up. It's a silly, ridiculous thing. I, I mean, it's, it's not the best martial arts film, but it is iconic in the sense that it, it created a it, whole. For me, here's why it holds up. I would rather watch like, I would rather watch this movie again than watch another John Wick movie. Like, I don't. I'm not really into those John Wick movies. I will admit, but like. Like people like brag about how great the fighting is and stuff in those, but to me that isn't necessarily what makes an entertaining movie. Because I would rather watch Bloodsport again than watch John Wick. So, for me, that's why it does hold up. You know what? Um, I would rather watch the first two John Wicks over Bloodsport, but I'd rather watch Bloodsport over the last two John Wicks. Three and four <laughs> were just awful. There you go. Right. Well, I'll subscribe to that. All right. I'll hit that like button. You'll hit that like button. Okay. Now, just hang on one second before we we depart from this. I just needed to to show you something here. Um, So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play this. (laughs) Cat sounds. Just Frankie, I'm going to show you how it's done, buddy. If anything, yeah, that's that a bird. A it's a bird, if anything. That's not what cats sound like. That's a cat, my guy. If you if you're a fan of this podcast, let us know if it's a cat or not. <laughs> this goes on for a minute and forty five seconds. I'm not gonna play But my point's been made. There's a cat in the backtrack of Bloodsport. I think you Cannot both have something. That. Some of those are definitely cat noises. But I think Davin, some of it sounds like a bird, too. Davin's just trying to convince himself it's it a bird. like a bird because he doesn't Beep. want to admit the fact that it's a cat. That's, that's, that's basically where we're at with this. He doesn't want to admit that it's a cat. Can we talk about anyway. the quest? The quest? Oh, God, yes. Could we talk about the quest, please? <laughs> this is just this movie all over again. <laughs> it is it, it kind of is the quest is just blood sport all over again but like it's a different setting for a child 
<laughs> it's just like instead of winning a, a prize tournament, you win a child. Yeah, that's not what I'd fight for. <laughs> I can't say I would either. Um, anyway, right, I think that, let's move on. Let's move on to theater three, uh, or we're going to be talking about Kung Fu Hustle. Did he have a banner set for this? He's goes, he's doing dad things. Anyway, yeah, Kung Fu Hustle from 2004, starring Stephen Chow, uh, Yuan Kui, Yuan Hua, and Su Long Leong, uh, directed by Stephen Chow. Uh, no relation. He's my cousin. No relation. Oh, is it your cousin? Cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this is... I picked this film. This was my choice. I picked this film because Davin gave me the impression he hadn't seen this film. Because when I it wasn't it, memorable, but I had seen it. How can you not say this movie's not memorable? What is wrong? Okay, I enjoyed it, but like I see I why I remember like it. almost every scene from this film from the first time I watched it. This movie blew I remembered my like mind back scenes. in two thousand four. This is a great oh, film. Man. This is one this of is the a... best kung fu movies. The reason why I picked this is because Davin was like, I didn't see this. Because I originally picked Ong Bak, which he told me he didn't see. Then he told me he did, he did see. And I was like, okay, well, got to pick something you haven't seen. And then when I mentioned Kung Fu Hustle, he's like, I don't know, I think. And I'm like, if you're saying you think to Kung Fu Hustle, then, sir, you need to watch Kung Fu Hustle. It's just straight, straight to the point. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, let's just watch the trailer and get refreshed. So yeah, uh, Danny Kwok Kwan Chan, who plays Brother Sum of the at, at, you know, the Axe Gang. Um, yeah. Uh, he, that guy could be a better Joker than Jared Leto. Huh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that dude, when he almost, when he's beating their heads in the train, I almost picked that as my favorite scene. I didn't really enjoy the Looney Tunes kind of stuff as much. This is a really good movie, but like, it, it was a bit too silly at times. Oh, uh, dude, and like the blind assassins with their like guitar playing. They're and amazing. Just... That's the scene I remembered. I remembered them, and I remembered the 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 death girl. So that's it. I kind of forgot everything else. I sort of remembered that guy. But... Oh, this trailer does not do this movie justice. Kung Fu. Oh, I like, I like that scene where those three are like, we should sparring sometime, and they're like, oh, let's, let's not. We don't have time, and then they just start sparring in that one spot. Uh, yeah. Um, God, I love this movie. I I love this movie so very much. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle is a movie rife with references and deep cuts and like classic Kung Fu stars and is just the better film of the three we watch because even in the fight scenes, there's so much impact uh, to the action that happens, especially from like the opening 
just from the opening. Even in the opening, there's like layers of of. Except when evil. it's too silly. Except for like, okay, so there's like very brief moments when it gets like super Looney Tunesy, cartoonish, and they dial yeah. it up. But like even then, like I kind of buy into it. And I'm like, whatever, I'm for it. I'm That's down. I think this, I think this is a great kind of would have been a little bit because it's it it's got great fighting. It doesn't mm-hmm. take itself too seriously. It's obviously it pays, you know, an homage to older kung fu style movies, but it also it's also a parody at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It, it's it basically this the the tale. It stars in Shanghai, China in the nineteen forties, um, and the way they start it's it is hot shots is what it is. It's what <laughs> it's kung, kung fu, fu hot, hot shots. shots? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, Stop. maybe a bit. Not even. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't agree with that. No, um, no. The the movie starts off. You get this sort of like sense of levels of uh, onion levels of badness it starts off with um the shot of it an inspector at a police station and he's just frozen and then you see the camera just pan through and all these cops are all frozen because there's this leader of the alligator gang who's basically beating on the police commissioner because the police commissioner thought it would be a great idea to arrest this guy's wife because she spit in the street and he beats her up, and he's thinking he's the king of the, the walk, and he leaves the place. And as he's leaving, uh, the Axe Gang just slowly surrounds him, and he's just surrounded by, like, thousands of dudes in top hats and axes. And it's brilliant. And he starts to realize he's not the big fish in the pond. And you get introduced to uh, Brother Sum and his, like, awesome Joker-esque character where he, he beats the crap out of the guy with a hat and then he goes he's like don't don't worry i don't kill women and then she starts to walk away she's like thank you big brother and then he calls for a shotgun and he just shoots her in the back and then dances with it and tosses it away like it's so joker-esque um and you, you just like it's really hard to pin down like who the the main you know protagonist of this film is and then you get introduced to pigsty pigsty alley um because they they basically say you know at this time in Shanghai, China, uh, gangs, axe gangs were running the most influential, richest parts of town. And the only place you could actually get some sort of peace is in like the slums. So we were introduced to the slum place, which is run by a landlord and landlady. And you introduce to all the characters in it. Um, it starts off with like, oh, who's it start off with? It, it starts off with the coolie. He's like picking up like three bags of rice. He's just like this strong looking dude and he like kicks up another bag of rice and you start getting this sort of these these motions of like crouching tiger hidden style, you know, um, fanciful wire worked martial arts, if you will. And you get introduced to basically the three little pigs of Pigsty Alley, which is Cooley, the tailor and uh, Donut, the noodle shop guy. And you see their sort of daily, daily lives and all that stuff. And they're going about their business. And that's when the actual protagonist, which is Stephen Chow's character, Singh, and his uh, partner, which is Bone, which is the big guy, they enter the town and they try to scam, like, the local barber out of a free haircut and some money. And then you get introduced to the landlady and the landlord. And, like, it's just their characters are <laughs> funny. Just like, no. They're like, huh? 
everybody he's just, just knows the barber. Like he's... he's just like no <laughs> yeah he's like i'm not giving you money you're trying to he's like you pay me. me he's like what yeah yeah and like that's <laughs> that's that's hilarious too because th- there was also one of my i wanted this is like this is one of my favorite scenes is early on where it's like uh Singh's character, Stephen Chow's character, he's like, you know what, you guys, you're all so tough. Let's get into a fight. How about this? And then he's like, you, you lady, let's get into a fight. And this like farmer lady comes up and whaps him in the face or in the gut, and he just coughs up a bunch of. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm a farmer. He's like, farmers don't fight. Get away from me. You, you that over was there. My second like this, favorite scene. <laughs> and this tall guy stands up. He's like, no, 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 you're too tall. How about you, old man? Big muscly guy's like, no, 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 no. You kid, kid comes out. The kid's muscly. He's like, what is going on? Like, what? No one wants to fight one on ones today. Yeah. The landlady comes out, starts to give him shit and slap him upside the head, and it's just like, it's yeah, just like progressively funny. like funnier like character progression and building. And um, he ends up being like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna call call in backup, and he throws this tiny little firecracker because earlier you got the firework from the the axe gang and all that stuff um from the alligator gang the firecracker pops off on this like general's head and he's like who threw the firecrackers hair is all messed up and then he goes to like hit somebody you get this flash of the scene and he's ended up in a basket with a broken back he's like what did anybody see anything and like at this point in the movie you don't know who or what's going on you don't know what to expect and I picked this scene as, as my favorite because they fire off the firework and the axe gang, the real axe gang, comes in town. And this is my favorite scene in the movie. And it gets me so hyped for the for everything that happens. Um, the Joker character uh, basically is like wants to find out who did it to his general. So they starts pouring gasoline on this mother and this kid. I wish this was the Cantonese version because it's an English dub and it just doesn't have the same punch. If you watch this movie, you gotta watch it in like the original audio. Yeah, for sure. Okay, who did this? Oh yeah, it's way different. Yeah, I right. Count to three. He doesn't One. even finish three. Two. Two. Yee. Yeah, yee. It was me. He says, I oh. did it. Like, yeah. it's, it's, the, the way he says, I did it, just pumps me up in the original version. Where he says it, it was me in the, like, English sub, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, Cooley is such a great character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except like for his that... very unceremonious death. He goes out easy. I know. Well, that's I the know. thing. There's big fight scenes with the other two, and they just kill him. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, the, these... Oh, God. It's, it's such a... Like... That's what I love about this film, is because you're like, oh, I guess this Cooley guy is the, the main... Or, you know, protagonist, and he's a guy we're going to get behind. And then things progress, and you get introduced to the tailor and Donut, and they come out with their staffs and the brass rings, and they just beat all ass. And this is, like, the first 20 minutes of the film. Like, it hasn't even gotten to the good stuff yet, you know? Just the opening of this film is just so action-packed and wonderful. Um, 
and yeah, they they wiped town, and the Axe Gang was like, "Whoa, we need, we need help. We got to figure this out." And then you start getting this sort of A B plot where the landlord and landlady are concerned about the Axe Gang coming around, so they try and get the three pigs to leave Sly or the Slum Town or the, the little, you know, apartment building, whatever, uh, before the Axe Gang come back and cause more damage. The Axe Gang. Uh, they proceed to take Sing and Bone, and they're about ready to like hang them or something. Like they've got them strung up, and they go to throw axes at them. But Sing pops out of the locks real quick, gets Bone out of it. Then they're you know the Axe Gang's like, we could probably use these guys. Go kill somebody, and you can be a part of this gang because Sing just wants to be rich and all that stuff. Um, you actually get this sort of like little backstory between him and this deaf girl. No, he, he wants to be bad. Yeah, he wants to be bad because he's, he, he got picked bad. on. Yeah, he wants to be he wants to be super bad. But you eventually get through Revelation, the backstory of Sing, where he was a kid, and this old uh, street merchant, urchant, I guess you could say, comes up to him. Is like, you've got a good spirit, strong bones. I bet you, you need to know the spirit of the Buddhist palm, and teaches and basically convinces the kid to give him his life savings for this ten dollar book. And uh, Singh thinks he knows martial arts, tries to help this this little deaf girl who's getting her candy taken away. Um, Singh, you know, tries to attack the bullies. The bullies beat him up and piss on him, which is a pretty rough scene. <laughs> just like a group of kids just pissing on this one kid. It's like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so Singh realizes this when he sees the, the candy Is it as girl. rough as stabbing a kid in the eye with a poison dart? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah, Sing realizes that the the ice cream girl is the same candy girl, you know, and she wants to basically thank him, which she does through like Chinese sign language. She's like, "You helped me. Thank you." You know, tries to tell him all that stuff, but he's not having it. He just wants to be the bad guy. Um. The Axe Gang then hire the two blind assassins, the musicians, and they go back to the town. Killing the three, uh, the three pigs, three wise pigs, you know. Um, they kill Cooley, as you said, in the most unceremonious way, just catching him. Did down you the happen to read um, the three little pigs nursery rhyme improperly? I'm not really getting no. this pigs analogy. Is that what they call them in this movie? Technically, yeah. There's a there's there there there's a reference to them being like the three little pigs because they're they're in Pig Alley. Pigtown Alley, and um, the Axe Gang's kind of like the big bad wolf coming knocking, and then they start fighting back. And um, yeah, they start getting picked off one by one until the landlord and the landlady come out of their like drunken arguing stupor to to block to 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 block the attacks of the the blind assassins by using like the lion's roar. And those guys are like, it's a real thing. Oh, my God, we didn't know. And they get their asses beat by the landlord and the landlady, which I think is just a great scene. The way he just shows up on their shoulders and he's all like, huh. And then he's like, he's the real drunken cat in my eyes, if you think about it. <laughs> Were he's they married like, in real life? They have the same last name. Uh, I don't know if they are married in real life. They might be. Um. Anyway, yeah, the landlord and landlady, they, they just whoop all ass, and you see, like, their true powers, how they're these, like, fabled lover masters. Um, there's a bunch of, like, references to um, 
ancient Chinese lore on the the symbology of their characters and a lot of these characters throughout this movie um have these like shared symbologies um so yeah the that scene is super awesome you know, i wanted to pick that as my favorite but i ultimately went with um with the scene i did choose i did like i did like the the leading up to cooley where he's walking and he's un aware that this guy is trying to attack him and like leaves are falling and lights are getting cut and you see this cat jump off the roof and the shadow of it gets split in half and blood hits the wall would you shut up about cats murphy i've had enough of (laughs) cat foo hustle baby we know what triggers Um, to heaven now i know right um so anyway yeah uh these guys get basically uh, the tailor and Donut. They put up a good fight. They ultimately die from their injuries sustained. Um, and the landlord and landlady decide to confront the Axe Gang. But the Axe Gang have one more trick up their sleeve. They want to unleash the Beast, who's locked up in like this crazy, insane, like uh, asylum bit. And they get to sing and chow. They get sing because he's cracking locks. So like you are really good at this. How about you go uh, let this guy out for us, which they ultimately do. Um, but I will admit I did kind of skip one bit. Apparently this is your guys' favorite scene, uh, which was happens a little earlier. So Chow and Sing go back to the slum alley and they're, they try to make an assassination attempt on the landlady. Watch this. Again, the original Cantonese version just plays better. What happened? Can you do better? Go on, try to throw it. Of course. Oh. <laughs> I laugh my ass off watching this scene again. Yeah. When he puts it back in after he pulls it out, it's the hilarious part. Oh. Who's throwing handles? Okay, this is where the English dub. Who did this to you? It's missing a handle. It's different from the the subs. Yeah. Fingerprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, this can't be the same knife, can it? You know. What are you trying to say? I forgot that I have something important to take care of. See you later. <laughs> oh no, she's on me. Oh. Yeah, this is the perfect bit of like slapstick comedy. Yeah, it it, it, it evolves from like slapstick into like great straight Looney Tunes when she starts chasing him down the street yeah. and they're running faster than cars and like pulling off some crazy stunts and then she hits a sign and all of her things go like flying away. Like it's it's the most ridiculous scene in the film for sure. But, you know, it's forgivable considering every other scene around it is just, like, amazing and impactful and uh, a lot of fun. 
Um, but yeah, singing and well, sing mostly unlocks the beast who, when he opens the door, he, he like, he goes through all this like treacherous hallways and sneakiness and he gets up to the door and he gets this like Kubrick, like blood pouring out of the elevator scene, which is definitely a reference to the shining. And there's all these bullfrogs in the, in the hallway, which is supposed to be sort of a foreshadowing of what their battle is going to be like. And he opens the door and it's just this old man on the shitter with a newspaper and then they cut to the scene and the axe gang, he's, you know, he's, he's sitting there in the chair and he's just like, I don't want to fight. I, I could have been free whenever I want, but there's nobody the worth my time. His toe. Yeah, this is this sandal dangling on his toe and he's just like, there's nobody worth my time for me to fight. So, And they're like, well, the axe gang is like, do something, beast, prove it. And then uh, he, he gets Sing to go hit him and Sing runs up and then taps him on the forehead and then runs away. And he's like, is he, is he okay? Beast starts laughing, and then one of the Axe Gang members comes on and starts hauling him in the face. He's like, harder, harder, harder. Just getting that real sub-mentality on. Um, gets whipped and doesn't even react. And then he takes a gun. He's like, oh, vintage, and he shoots himself in the head but catches the bullet to show how fast he is. And the whole Axe Gang's like, you're the boss now, you know. Um, and then Beast gets up and just like kicks a hole in the wall and walks straight towards the landlord and the landlady who are at this poker table, looking fine as anything. Like their their get up at this point looks great. Um, and then you just had this awesome fight where the landlady and the landlord are trying to beat the the beast and they're they're breaking shit and they get sort of like this three person jujitsu tie up where nobody can quite move. And that's when Singh comes in with this the stick. And he cracks Brother Sum in the forehead, who starts bleeding from the forehead. And then he goes and he hits uh, the beast. And the beast just pops out. And then pummels his head into the ground, like, five times. Like, deep, elbow deep into the ground. That's how far his head's bent back. Like, this man should be dead. But for some reason, he's got Wolverine healing powers. He can just heal himself, because he's got strong chi. And, uh... The beast goes to hit him, and then he's disappeared, and the landlord and landlady, they're just, like, off, and they're running. And they proceed to heal Sing and put him in, like, this, like, Chinese medicine cocoon. And they're like, who would have thought he can heal so well? The beast unlocked his chi. And that's when he becomes the one. He's got his white get-up, and he comes out, and he just, like, beats ass. All the axe gang ass in the best ways manageable. And then ultimately, you know, he starts having the, the battle with the beast, who goes, like, frog mode. And knocks him into the air. Like, they have all these sweet exchanges, but he, like, launches him in the air. And that's when Singh, like, turns it around and goes, like, full. Gives him the real Buddhist palms. Just falling from sky. Well, he gets in the air, but then he, like, he jumps off the back of a hawk. And does what a backflip. It's just, I don't know what the point of it is, but it looks cool. There's just a random hawk, and he manages to just jump off the back of it. Recatch his balance and then proceed to like counteract the attack that he just had. And he drops like this giant Buddhist palm, stops. The beast is like, What? You, you, you didn't? And then he proceeds to try and stab him with his little poison flower pen, which Sing, you know, catches and then hits another Buddhist palm, destroys half of the building, the apartment buildings. Hopefully nobody's in there. There's a handprint size thing in the palm. But he's like, What's the technique? like i can teach it to you i don't know if he was talking about the buddhist palm technique or the like little spinny flower i i never quite understood i choose to believe it's the little flower technique and the beast is just like 
oh, what's that? You know, no, can do that. <laughs> you could do that. I could teach you and call as a master, and that's what how the movie ends. And I think it's one of the best martial art kung fu films in all of the history of martial art films. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's so a good time. Good. It's really well done. Yeah, I, I I had to pick this movie because if Davin said he didn't see it, then I was like, you, you absolutely must. If you need a refresher, then you must. He's got an upset baby he's trying to protect us from, which we appreciate. Um, but yeah, Chow, what do, what do you think of Kung Fu Hustle? What was your first uh, experience to this film? And what were your first initial thoughts to it? And what did you think about it on the rewatch? Um, I, actually, I first watched this with my parents, believe it or not. Uh, and they, they, they came back like, you're going to laugh at this, but they, they had a DVD rip of it. Nice. <laughs> they ripped it. Nice. <laughs> they bought it from some Chinese guy. And uh, yeah, we watched it and uh, I thought it was great. It was also really weird because uh, there's a lot of actors in that movie, especially the, the Faded Lovers the, or the Landlady Landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like my parents growing up, whenever it came available, it was digital cable or satellite, they got like this Chinese channel and it just played like Chinese soap operas and like just really bad television your dad always had it playing in the kitchen right at the restaurant that's right that's right it was always on in the kitchen in the uh, in the restaurant there and uh those two actors were like in every soap opera and uh and like chinese soap operas are like b movies in the soap Mm -hmm. opera world like it's like Mm -hmm. you know bad soap operas are in general but the chinese verses are just that much worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so i i found it weird that they were in it but uh they're always in like they're always on the news like uh, chinese game shows they show up everywhere yeah so yeah. I, they're, they're I thought that stars. was kind of weird but uh no I, I loved it i loved it i thought it was a great uh, like revival but are they married they have the same last name you know what i i don't know to be honest when you asked that mm. i i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you But yeah, yeah it's, uh, it was a great revival for like kung fu movies, if you ask me. It was a good fresh. Yeah, it would have came out around the same time as like Coaching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? And it was sort of well, like, it came out four years after that, so yeah. kind of like a silly kind of almost rebuttal to that. Like, yeah, because yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah, because it, it, like, it, it was silly in such a way. Yeah, it was a parody, really, because Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon. A lot of the fight scenes are, you know, they're they're running and flying through the air. It's you just know, doing a bunch of very crazy arts. shit, right? Um, and this one, floating trees. And... <laughs> yeah, I feel like on. I, if if I if I wanted to go full parody, I would probably would have picked Kung Pao. Legend I was about to mention that 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 that's yeah. almost too. Yeah, that you're right. That's full parody. That's outrageous. Yeah, that's that's so outrageously parody. Yeah. No, that's the no, this was like the happy the happy medium of just like just enough Looney Tunes to like progress the plot but not ruin the film. And like the real bread and butter are the fight scenes and everything that gets to them, you know. Um, because every fight scene is just like impactful. Every hit just feels like it hurts. Well, I would say a good like ninety five percent. There's probably a few that are probably like there's some scenes where like 
Donut is just like swirling the stick so fast that it causes up a dust storm and then they just yada yada everybody's knocked on the ground or like there's a scene when uh Singh he he's going through all the axe gang and then there's like a lineup of like an old boy uh lineup of axe gang members between him and the beast <laughs> and he hits one or two and then they cut to the beast and then they cut back to to sing and he's standing in front of the beast but behind them they're just all over they're in the ceiling they're in the wall there's like an ass hanging out of a window there's a guy over a rail there's just everywhere and you, you your imagination sort of fill in the blanks but um yeah it's just solid film um and that was, uh, I was super pumped when I thought we were going to watch Ong Back too, because that's another movie where every fight scene, it looks like where everything hurts. Brutal. That yeah. that movie feels real. Like yeah, I I was yeah. kind of disappointed in the pick. I'm like, oh, but Ong Bak, and you're like, no, Kung Fu Hustle. But I was like, no, Ong Bak. But but I understand this is your all your fault, Evan. Yeah. yeah apparently, that's what I'm taking away from this. Yeah, Murphy yeah. likes to blame me for everything. We could have watched Under the Dragon. I've never seen Under the Dragon. I would have loved to give my opinion on a movie I've never seen before. But, you know, you made me watch Come Drink With Me, which is, my opinion is, it was me. It's whatever. It's fine. It's okay. We're here. But you learned we're here. yourself. We're, we're here at you the end You watched yourself week. an Academy Award winning film. Academy Award winning film. It was one More thing I know with the Academy films. is they You're give awards to a lot of bad films. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's true. The Apartment was an Academy Award winning film too, Devin. Which performance when you hold up? I mean, there's a, quite a few good performances in this movie. Uh, I, I mean, thought... I thought oof, go ahead. Kui Yuan, the, the landlady, her is just so iconic of a performance. Everything she does, every scene, owns it. Um, so she gets my hold up performance for sure. I'd give it to the... to sing... But I did find the beast very good. Yes, the beast was great. Yeah. Uh, Siu Long Leong. Yeah. yeah. So who'd you go with down? The beast. Uh, Sing. No, Sing. What did I say? Oh, you went with Sing? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to go beast. Okay. He's yeah. just funny. He is so funny. unassuming. So unassuming. Yeah. He's a great villain too, because he's just like, ah, whatever. He's like, he's like if One Punch Man got super old and aggressive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's right. Like they make his hair so threadbare looking. Like <laughs> I don't know how they do that. They must have like got in there with scissors and thinned it out. Because I've seen just pictures even, of the guy, and his hair isn't like that. Like, yeah. Just so. even when he does the frog pose, and it's just like. Bruh. Like it's just such a like iconic like imagery like that that stuck like stuck with me for you know twenty years. It's been twenty years since this movie came out. Mm. Like greatness. It's All really right, one well. of if if I had to think about it, it's probably one of my top five favorite films ever. Like <laughs> truly, go on. Just because of it's so well layered. You're right. It's a great movie. It's a great all-around movie, I think. The setting aesthetic, I think it's very good. It's just, like I say, it just loses me a bit when it gets too loony toony. Like I didn't laugh when the landlady hit that sign in that. Like none of that stuff really worked for me. But yeah, there wasn't not... a whole lot of that. Like yeah, that's that's like the one scene really. I mean, you could say the musicians, the way they throw knives from their strings, is very cartoony. Oh. But I like that. That didn't bother that me. Was that was cool. the most. 
Yeah, that, that that's the scene so cool. I remembered. The dude were like, just okay. Let's talk about that for a second. The, the scene where Buddy's like playing the instrument, and he's not mm. sitting in a chair. He's just like sitting on his bent leg. He stands. Yeah, he st- he's he, he's not they, he's not even sitting. They like, both do sitting, it, and they rest the the instrument on. Yeah, they rest the instrument on the leg, and they're just sitting. They're literally just sitting on their one leg. There's like nothing. It's under so them. cool. They're just that strong. Yes, yeah, I just love the yeah. the various like the ways they're able to show strength. And they're like, okay, you think this guy's strong? This guy's stronger. You think that guy was strong? This person's even stronger. You thought this person was strongest. Turns out this people in the background, they're even stronger than these people. You thought these people, like, it just keeps building up to the point where you get a man falling out of the sky, dropping a Buddhist palm. Like, ah, it's so well built. The sets. I don't know. For design. me, the the movie does go a little downhill once Singh becomes like, I don't know, his cocoon. He comes out of his cocoon and he's the last like fifteen minutes of the film. Yeah, that's when it goes downhill. The last he's like, oh, he's the one now. It's just, this movie's boring. It's like it's wrapping. Well, no, up. It, 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 yeah, I know, but it it wasn't a strong ending for me. It just kind of becomes right. the Matrix at the end, and I was like, okay. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, it leans heavily on the the Matrix sort of references, but I mean, I think it's a, I think it is a strong ending because he does this wild, insane technique. He he re, he counters off the back of a flying hawk to do a falling palm technique, which he doesn't finish. Spares his his enemy. Um, his enemy attempts a second chance to kill him, and he spares him twice. And without without the need to fly into the atmosphere does the Buddhist palm by just standing there. I think it was a solid ending. Like after, Ooh. after you literally watch the man just like with his feet, like just, I don't want to say slaughter, but brutalize like two to 300 individuals that were basically putties and top hats. <laughs> and then, you know, and in the end, after wanting to be a bad guy his whole life, turned out to be a good guy. Yeah, turned out to be the good guy who had the most chi and was like the one that the landlady and landlord were like, "We we stopped fighting because our son died, but you know what? Our son would be this guy's age, and we'll we'll never teach martial arts unless they're the one." It turns out this guy's the one. And he opened a candy so, store for the girl. Come on, so, so a is candy he store for is the girl? He... Yeah. I, I was a little confused by that actually. So were they suggesting that he was their son? I think they were like, that was confusing. I don't no, no, no. They they definitely they definitely affirmed that their son died, but they're they're more or less suggesting like they're getting the emotional attachment to this stranger who could be their like like an adopted sort of son figure. You know, like they're like, you know what? Our love that we have lost over the years of our dead child, we could start putting into this person. Like a Frank Dukes. Yeah, like a Frank Dukes. Hmm. Except, except you know, instead of con arting, <laughs> con, conning his way into a, a Hollywood film, he cons his way into a candy shop. Where mm. he'll let you lick the lollipop. That's true. You lick it, you butt it gonna make it make that ass drop (laughs) well i got 50 cents worth of movie morsels for kung fu hustle from 2004 
And an August 2010 interview with GQ magazine, Bill Murray, legend himself, praised Kung Fu Hustle, saying it is the supreme achievement of the modern age in terms of comedy, and that there should have been a day of mourning for American comedy the day that movie came out. Bill Murray um, said that. Bill Murray hmm. said that. Uh, three wow. scenes are not directed. Well, Bill by Murray S- hasn't been funny in a long time, though. <laughs> you, you shut your mouth right now. Yeah, you... you <laughs> Quiet with them sacrilegious words. Three scenes are not directed by Stephen Chow. The fight reveals the three pigsty masters is directed by Samo Cambo Hung. Uh, the Burly Brawl parody, where the one fights the thousand man uh, in black suits, and the fight in the night where the three masters face the two musicians, were directed by Wu Peng Yuan. Yuan. You, yeah, I'm not even there. The name Pigsty Alley is a play on the Chinese name for the walled city of Kowloon. It was a Chinese enclave, uh, exclave in uh, Hong Kong, and for much of the 20th century, it was well known as a breeding ground of crime, slums, and disorder, and it was torn down in 1993. So the second movie with a Kowloon sort of setting. Uh, most of the names of the superpowers in the film are taken from the pulp novels of Louis Cha, a household name in Hong Kong, often compared to Alexandre Dumas and credited with the invention of modern martial arts swashbucklers. <clears throat> the English dubbing and the English subtitles are almost entirely different scripts, while in some places the phrasing might just be turned around and others whole lines have been rewritten with different jokes and different references. For instance, when Donut dies, in the subtitles, he says, with great power comes great responsibility. In the English dub, he just says something entirely different. Um, the landlord and landlady announced to the beast that their names are Yang Wei and the Little Dragon Maiden. In the original Chinese, which is a joke nod to Louis Chao's famous novel, Return of the Condor Heroes, adapted many times for television and film, unlike the landlord the original yang guo 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 was a handsome youth and unlike the landlady the original little dragon maiden was a beautiful young woman so that's sort of the the history and lineage of those two characters um the little translation the literal translation of the name of the beast is dark god of the fire clouds the name was first used by writer Liu Kan Yang in his novels in the 1950s and 60s, and his character is originally his protagonist mentor. The menacing sound of the name and comparatively lax copyright laws in Hong Kong have led to the name appearing in many other films, novels, and comics. Dark God of the Fire Clouds is a great title. That's pretty um, badass. There are so many references and deep cuts in this film, I honestly don't have time to recap it all. I, it would take a whole other video just from its laundry list of top Hong Kong film actors to its massive production. If you've never seen this film, watch it, then spend some time reading up in the production of this incredible film. It's really kind of wild from the just the, the amount of effort put into creating the sets and the choreography to the just the references to other films. Um, cinematography Poon Hang Sang edited by Angie Lam music by Raymond Wong release date uh, September 14th 2004 Uh, and well technically 23rd December 98 minutes 20 million dollar budget with a box office of 104.9 million dollars grand slam this movie was in 2004 can't believe 
Well, he was supposed to make a second one, wasn't he? Um, there has been talks of a Kung Fu uh, Hustle too. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. It's kind of weird, right? Like this was a huge successor of this guy for Steve. Yeah, Chow. yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was easily uh, one of Stephen Chow's biggest films, like this and Shaolin Soccer was basically what got him this film. I'm not entirely sure what he's been up to. To be honest with you, um, let's take a look. The IMDb Journey to the West Demon Chapter. That was the last thing he was in. That was in 2017. Come on, man. He has not been acting. He was in Kung Russell, Chungong Seven Hu, The Founding of a Republic, Chungong Seven Hu, Oi De Kao, and Journey to the West Demon Chapter. Yeah, he's been taking a sabbatical. Hmm. Well. Well, well, well. I think well, you know. That's well. uh, one. Hustle. Rewatchability. Ooh. Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch this again. You know, I've like watched part... it once before a long time ago, and I like forgot the whole thing. So you, you the know, the best part is. You can rewatch this movie, and the only cat you'll hear or see is the one that gets cut in half. Does it hold up? Murphy's cat yeah. references don't hold up. Um, yeah, this yeah, holds it up. Does. Yeah, it does. It's a great movie. Oh, hell yeah. It's it's one of the greatest of all time. I don't know about that. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't go that far. You were calling Bloodsport one of the greatest movies of all time, and there's a cat well, going in the background. It's the not sound a cat. design could look a past bird. The, it's, it's clearly a, cat. a bird. No, it's a cat. I can play the cat video for you again if you want. No, the bird video? No thanks. The video of the cats meowing. Listen, if you uh, if you've watched this, mention comment. Let Davin know if it's a cat or a bird. I bet you it's gonna be cat. Well, we've got our We've got a C movie, a B movie, and an A movie tonight. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got there. Come drink with me. Did not land well. <laughs> Blood, Blood sport. I think Chow maybe lied to himself a little. I think it's probably an A movie. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it turned out to be an A movie. But, don't you know, don't give him that leeway. We're gonna leave Bloodsport in the middle because of all the cats. In my heart of hearts, I know it's a B movie, but yeah, it's, it's I want to put it in B the A. <laughs> well. There it is. So, let's do our martial arts movie rankings. Oh, what is this? We just ranked the three movies we just watched. What was the best? Everyone's gonna have the same one. Well, we're not actually, because I'm actually gonna pick Bloodsport as my end number one. Of course you are. Well, it's honest. I'm gonna watch Bloodsport many more times in my life going forward than I will Kung Fu (laughs) Hustle. Every time I already you hear the had... cat, you're going to curse my name. <laughs> yes, but I do that anyway. Yeah. Um, you are, Devin, you're probably so... right. I'm probably am going to watch Bloodsport more than I'm going to watch Kung Fu. See? Because it's a better movie. It's just so fun. It doesn't have the, any right to be. Like, I understand the writing, the acting. Literally everything is better in Kung Fu Hustle, except somehow the final product and the rewatchability. Like, there's just something about Bloodsport that calls you back. 
I think it's Jean Claude Van Damme Speedo. So my movie rankings, rankings, I'm gonna go Bloodsport, Kung Fu Hustle, Come Drink. Crazy man, it's clearly Kung Fu Hustle's the top of this list. It has the best fight scenes. They're more impactful than any of the fight scenes in any of these other movies. I don't think they are. It's because they're so. I'm sorry. Yes, they are. Do I need to play my clip again? Where Buddy like literally the first the first major action scene with Cooley hits harder than any of the fight scenes in the previous two movies, and then every fight scene that happens after that is equally harder, or if not more hard. So, like, the fight scenes alone, Kung Fu Hustle is the best film out of the three. Story-wise, Kung Fu Hustle is the best film out of three because it actually has, like, pretty... 100%. Uh, <laughs> loopy, like, pretty, like, really well-written stories, dialogue, funny moments, um, well-acted characters on all fronts, even from side bits from the barbershop to the toothy, like princess chick with the lipstick and stuff like every character is unique and memorable in Bloodsport, it's jean-claude van damme rickson and then like a couple of the side fighters chong lee chong lee yeah you know, he's a legend a some... chow's workplace yeah. thinks he's crazy because of chong lee it's true is chong lee a legend though is he just a legend in the martial yes. arts scene he's a kickboxer okay but like what other things has chong lee been in besides blood sport enter the dragon okay and then what else <laughs> so i have to list off his biography look Chung Lee well, no legend. i just you know like you know he's yeah i think he has like a bit part in legend of the dragon he's in i guess maybe the two best martial arts movies of all time he's in enter the dragon and blood sport what else do you want from a guy <laughs> wow that being said, I, yeah, Kung Fu Hustle is far superior of a martial arts film compared to the Chung other two. Kung Lee's a star yeah. maker. Kung Fu Hustle, Bloodsport, Come Drink With Me. Um, you know, that's, that's you, my Joe. list. I'm torn. Honestly, I'm torn. You can change brain, your Bloodsport rating. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle. No, my brain says Kung Fu Hustle, Bloodsport, Come Drink With Me. But my heart says Bloodsport. <laughs> There's, there's something about it man it's all based on the most horse shit ever told in the world yet it's just it speaks to you it's just like it's one of those movies that it's so bad that it's good yeah like what hackers was supposed to be but wasn't no man hackers is awesome it's just bad no, <laughs> hack the world hack the world uh, well <laughs> thanks for having me I, on guys. thanks for thanks showing up in costume I mean oh, in um, the regular attire you wear most days this is a regular Wednesday night for me yeah, regular Wednesday night and uh, you know what if you're uh, if it's a regular Wednesday night Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday it's a night of United Federation podcast a podcast where we uh, are a federation we talk oh, about you all fought. sorts of things the yeah. old UFOP. No UFOP. Uh, we got podcasts for Star Trek with Live Long a Podcast. You get some reviews. You get some radio theaters. You get some game action, some trivial debates. Uh, not trivial debates. Trouble with trivia and the debates nines and first contacts mm-hmm. and Live Long a Podcast. The little cuter as tracks. Uh, you know, just great Star Trek contact. Like uh, interviews with J.G. Herzler, first contact. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a uh, little little... 
little thing that Davin's part of called X-Rated, the X-Men animated review show with his co-host uh, Andre Mayette. Uh, By little he night. means the fastest growing, biggest X-Men podcast in the podverse. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. Uh, you, if you if you'd missed it last night, in case you missed it, we did a oh, yeah. live radio theater reading of an unproduced X-Men script by Robert Skier. Yep. It was fun. It was, uh, it was a fun time. You can check that out. Uh, you should definitely do that. Um, Andre and we're interviewing, and we're interviewing uh, George Buza, the voice of Beast, next week. Beautiful. Um, and speaking of interviews, Andre Mayette is a host of Graphic History, the interview podcast, where he interviews artists from all walks in life, has one-on-one chats with them, and uh, gets gets the deep dives of, of who this they week, are as an artist. This week he this talked week. to Brad, uh, animation director Bradley Rader, and next week he will be talking to Eric Larson, the creator of Savage Dragon and one of the oh yeah people to create Image Comics. It's a big that's, big get, going to be a big interview. A pretty, yeah, it's a big get. Eric Larson's a big get. It's got Super Mater Brothers podcast where they talk things like Survivor, Big Brother, um, also Marvel. The they are brothers. Marvel Society, they are brothers. Um, I've actually gotten into a little... St- with Jamil and Dave where uh, I'm showing Jamil and Dave the wonderful world of Avatar The Last Airbender. The first two episode reactions are up on UFP if you wanted to check those out. Hopefully I can convince Dave to watch all three seasons. That's the real goal. Um, We got Eamon on track. Eamon did a a review of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors with uh, Jeff Mater, um, which is a pretty great album in my opinion and I hope they ranked it highly. Could check that out. We also have trivial debates. We had a Disney-themed debate recently, and uh, our next debate is going to be an Avatar The Last Airbender-themed debate. So I'm getting the contestants signed up for that. Um, it should be a good one. Then we have the Hellbound Horror Movie Podcast with Michael Chan and Alex Blackburn, where they talk about all things horror and spicy, scary movie things, and mostly just their personal lives. Good guys. Wonderful podcast. Check it out. That's uh, that's it for the lineup of things at the United Federation of Podcasts. We also also have this one, the Hold Up Movie Podcast. Where I don't we think talk you guys about have enough podcasts. We could probably use more, honestly. Uh, we I certainly don't. It's not like we can stop stop talking about anything. Um, but yeah, we talked about martial arts for this film, for this episode. Uh, and in the next episode, uh, we're getting into sports. Sports, sports, sports. sports. With, oh, uh, are we? Sports. Yeah, we're getting into sports. Cool runnings. Cool Runnings, and who was our guest? I had it up. It's gonna Cool be Runnings is the best sports movie, just like Bloodsport Kevin is the best Millard. Movie. we got Kevin Millard watching sports. We're going to be watching Eight Men Out from 1988, which is a baseball film. Cool Never Runnings from 1993. And Foxcatcher from 2014, which is a wrestling film. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, but like actual wrestling, not professional wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's more or less about like the scandals of... The guy that had a high school wrestling thing. It's gonna be dark. It's gonna be. It's gonna be very dark. Yeah. It's gonna be a dark film. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be some sads. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's happening uh, going on next week. So that's that's about it. Uh, with that, Davin, did you have any uh, any final takes? Just go watch that YouTube thing about Frank Dukes. It'll blow your minds. It'll blow your minds if you're not familiar with the con artistry of. Frank Dukes. It's amazing. And the most amazing thing is after that entire documentary about him scamming people, you will like him at the end of it somehow. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. 
But maybe it's just because he's given us so many great things through his lies. Like, it's a twisted tale. It's a twisted tale. But, yeah. Check that. Some of that link later, Dan. Yeah, I will. Okay. I'll send it to you when we're done here. I might even go watch it again. It's so hilarious. Chow, did you have any final takes? Uh, I, j- I can't unhear those cat noises. <laughs> the bird, those bird noises, yeah. You've actually yeah. blown my mind with that. Yeah. Like, Me too, just times. because I've seen it so many times. Yeah. So. I can't believe I've But it's not noticed. that noticeable until you hear it, like, because there's so much noise in that building going mm. on. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard but to But then you notice it, and noise. you can't unnotice it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be with you forever now. Forever. It's, like, it's almost like figuring out how hot dogs are made. <laughs> you never see how the sausage is made, boys. You never see, you never how, the see how the sausage is made. made. Alright, with that, enjoy the movies.